Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Come on in, Panther fans. Take a seat on the longest-running Panthers podcast around. The C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. My name's Tony Dunn, and uh, we're here to chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I'm here with my homeboys to talk about Baker Mayfield back to business. He's back as a starter. Oh, and the Bucks are back in first place. Yuck. The Bucks suck, but who doesn't suck? Or is my co-host Cody Lashney? Welcome back, the champ. The champ is here. The hey. champ is here. The champ is here. I mean, hey man, I debate all comers, man. I guess you can call me a master debater. Oh, shit. what's up, <laughs> hey boys? Look, you already know there is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than hanging with my boys, man. Tony, CK, Greg. Happy to be here with all of you guys, man. Baker Mayfield is back to being the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Not what we hoped for, but it is what it is nonetheless. We're going to talk about the turf monster uh, coming after all the Carolina Panther players. Man, this is a, a story that has grown bigger and bigger and bigger. We have the Ravens coming up, but Tony Dunn, you already know that we're going to do this with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube, our boy ATDX19, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Brady Wise, Chad Howell, Clutch Fire 5.1, Jackson Grimacer, Matt Knows Nothing, Michael Johnson, Panther Pickle, Steve Reed, Tim Estes, Underground West, Yonels, and that boy, White Chocolate Espresso. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Steve Reed from the Associated Press. Welcome in, Steve. You know, we got a beat check tomorrow night, Steve. You're welcome to join. But at 8 o'clock, we got a special guest. We've got former Ravens tight end and Super Bowl champion Daniel Wilcox, host of Believe in Ravens podcast, going to help preview this game and try to figure out how the heck we can stop Lamar this week and get him and Greg Roman next year in Carolina, baby. Come on, come on, come on. CK, man, welcome uh, into the C3 studio. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're just uh, enjoying, uh, I guess, coming off of a win. And 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 I know somebody was asking in one of our creator chats whether we feel more confident with Baker at the helm. And I don't know what it is, but I feel more likely that we'll win this game with Baker than PJ. And it's no no logic behind it why I feel that way, but it's just something that that just defies all logic in my mind. But I, uh, at the end of the day, I, I think that it's not going to be a great game, but it's good to be able to have some Panthers football to look forward to before we go into the bye week. I think uh, in one way is that it's just – I mean, we're hoping that Baker kind of you know shakes it off of whatever right. with the funk that he had, the benching, the injury, that kind of give him the pause, maybe coming off of that good performance. 
you know, I, I really feel like he gives you a better chance to win overall. I, I, but again, I think you're right, CK. I don't know why I feel that way, particularly since PJ has had this offense cook more. But the offense hasn't cooked because of PJ. It's cooked because of Deontay right. Foreman and this running game and the thousand yards, bazillion yards we have. And maybe it cooks most, Greg, because we play the Falcons a lot. We played the Falcons twice. Maybe it isn't the Panthers. Is <laughs> maybe it's the Falcons. Greg, tomorrow night, the beat check, 8 o'clock. Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end and Super Bowl champion, going to be here. The C3 Panthers podcast is doing big things, Greg. Oh, and he's a mute every time. Every always. time. I think always that's got, a, I, always it's his calling card. It's his yeah. calling card. Um, yeah. Uh, that's going to be an exciting uh, conversation there. And, uh, you know, it, you, you nailed it right on the head, though, why you guys – feel like you, you, Baker Mayfield's the guy for this job and you don't know why it's because y'all see now that you're not going to get anything different out of PJ out of Baker than you are to PJ. It's, it's the same thing. It's been Deontay Fulman that's gone there and Baker has the first round pick and that's it. We have tagged him with that. He's been tagged with that his entire life. So, and he's getting paid the money. So if you're going to pay him the money and he's got that first round pick and you're not going to get any better production because go back and look at it, him and PJ have almost the exact same production as far as past quarterback play goes. The defense and the running game play different on the different games as well, but um, that, that's why you feel that way, is because f- the game has been Foreman's game, really, that's won the games for yeah. us. You know, over 100 yards rushing from your running back and a couple of touchdowns, or at least a touchdown, is more than you can ask for from a running back in a game. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Oh, it's so. Shane Reed, not Steve Reed. Shane Reed, you're welcome to on the beat check is – uh also you're cool shane yeah uh shane is a c3 super fan look for that join button down low a dollar 99 a month you can help support uh the c3 panthers podcast as we kind of try to grow through this adversity and part of that growth is us um you know forming our own identity and i think we've done this a lot over the years i mean it's been 10 years in trying to figure out like what is our lane fans culture building a community and guys we got some cool it's 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 official right now you can check in the it's pinned in the youtube chat it's in the show description on youtube we are going to do and this we're going to try to make this a yearly thing not always with this foundation we're always like is i can't guarantee like we're going to be linking up with a panthers charity foundation each year during the bye week hopefully it's kind of like our holiday time to build community this year it's going to be with the bradley and nikki bozeman foundation the page is up the link is pinned uh what we're going to just try to do is and and i think the name of it uh of this charity drive really you know it says it all and that is you know building community supporting community and supporting fans building that fan uh, you know that camaraderie that comes with what really what we have man is this is why this is so fun every tuesday night so look we've set an ambitious goal in my opinion of five thousand dollar charity drive but it's perfect time to give back uh inflation's rising costs are high for food and all goods across all services it's crazy i'm even tapped low i'm going to tell you that these days and I just want to you guys to know that we need to kind of help our communities, particularly as we go into the holiday time. And what they do is try to help people always with food. Uh, they have a sink snack program where they support 
under underprivileged kids or people in need. Um, and it's really cool because it helps them uh, develop with uh, the local police too. And so that's really that community development. So we're going to have a big show, kind of like our charity drive on uh, the bye week, right? Instead of our post game show around that four four thirty time, we'll we'll get you guys a more you know set in stone time as we get a little bit closer. We got a couple of weeks. You can go and donate now if you want to, but we're going to kind of have a drive. We're going to get together. We're going to have some Panthers trivia. We're going to have some games. We're going to watch some games uh, around the league together so we can have some watch-alongs as we kind of lock arms and try to uh, just continue to do what we do. So got a fun show tonight, and I do want to remind you uh, that this show is sponsored by Manscaped. And I saw who's the guy that – is he's the SNL comedian who's like he's not the best looking dude, but he's been smashing Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he has been smashing everything lately? His oh, new girl is like fire. Well, guess Radikowski. what? Yeah, he's linked up with Manscaped. I saw that. I read an article today. He's yeah. like one of their promoters, their sponsors. So look, is that you use Manscaped? You got a chance. Supermodel. Yeah, you got a chance, right? You got a chance. You might not be pretty up here, but you can be clean and crisp down there. If you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Panthers, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. Ladies, if you're listening, you want your man to keep it tight, to keep it clean, to keep it fresh in case the opportunity arises where you want to visit him this Christmas, this holiday season, it would make a fantastic, fantastic gift. Two ways, lady. You can buy him the gift and then give him the gift. Woo. Oh, snap. Oh my goodness. The promo code Panthers, 20% off. Go to Manscaped. They got the greatest, the best high quality men's grooming products, right? Promo code Panthers, 20% off free shipping. Cody, let's go ahead and jump into this show. Yeah, man. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Baker Mayfield back to business as usual. So, boys, let's just jump into this. Um, Obviously, we're going to talk about P.J. Walker and the turf. But um, it it all starts with this. Baker Mayfield is going to be back in action for the Carolina Panthers. And a lot of us have a lot of mixed feelings about this because, uh, you know, not too many people were missing Baker. Maybe some were during PJ's absence, but really we felt like we kind of hit our rhythm the best and the most with PJ Walker under center. Now he has the high ankle sprain. And you know, we had been theorizing maybe he wasn't talking to the media because he was upset about not getting that starting job given to him. Well, hey man, time heals all wounds, and now he is back to the starting position. What is everyone's confidence level to all my guys here on the panel and everyone in the chat room? How confident are we feeling going up against probably our stiffest test on the schedule with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? Did he pass concussion protocol after week last week, guys, after <laughs> smashing his head on every offensive lineman and guy that came in? Makes you wonder. <laughs> dude, oh, dude. Uh, well, that and, you know, here's the thing that I like about Baker, and I'm not talking about his play, but from a personality standpoint, the dude's got rapport with his guys, right? 
I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the JC Horn uh, mic'd up segment that Carolina Panthers put out there on the YouTube uh, today. Uh, but uh, Baker's just joking around with these guys. It seems like he's 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 loose and and I don't know, man. I, I, again, I'm not saying he's going to come out here and light it up, but it is good to see that he hasn't lost the confidence of his team or lost the uh, rapport with these guys. Um, that's one of the things I think is easy to kind of get. Uh, to be the first to go, um, especially given the the record he had in Cleveland with some of those guys out there. So um, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm oddly confident, more confident than I would have been in PJ Walker coming out here and trying to go tit for tat with, uh, with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. So. Well, I think you asked, like you were saying, do you, do we have a better chance with Baker? And I, I think that the, the thing is you don't have a better chance with anybody right now. I, I think that, Baker and 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 um, PJ both have their their merits and their high points and their low points, but in the end, you're going to get pretty much the same production. So I think either way it goes, it doesn't really matter. Um, okay, there's an injury, that's why PJ is not playing. But honestly, doesn't this feel kind of like a uh, a showcase for Baker to be able to like sure. he's not going to be here next year? Let's let this guy go out there and do a little bit to maybe make make a dollar next year type deal you don't think it's anything in that because he's gonna we're gonna lose a draft pick if he plays like i think it's 74 percent of the snaps so not lose a draft pick but it's 70 from like 70 changes from like a fifth to a fourth yeah. makes it Which, makes it more choice. valuable yeah yeah so uh, it's kind of interesting to me is this is like uh, i know baker is gonna you know you, you hope the break the breaker the pressure doesn't get to him in a certain way because you know he, you're right it is a showcase because he is not going to likely be a Panther next year. Um, on top of that, he's trying to find and keep a job in the NFL. And really, the Panthers haven't had much, um, you know, kind of patience with it. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. Did they have patience by then sticking with PJ and some dirt, certain things? Well, do you, do you think you'll see PJ again is the question. Do you think yes. if PJ's ankle is healthy, PJ comes back? Even if Baker Mayfield comes out here and puts up the same kind of numbers, do you think PJ comes back to be the starter again? Yeah. Or are we going to play this back and forth? I don't know. It's going to be hard if Baker's playing pretty well. <laughs> it would just – I don't know. It's like, was PJ playing that well to where he no, deserves that's what I'm to saying. be the he, he was playing okay. He, yeah. he, he wasn't playing fantastic. You know? But I do think that PJ brought a spark to the offense – that Baker Mayfield had. I, I can agree with you with that, except if it wasn't for so many changes, if it wasn't for getting rid of Matt Rule, getting rid of Robbie Anderson, getting rid of uh, CMC, like there was a lot changing the head coach. Right. There was a lot that happened from the time that Baker started with this team than when PJ picked up and really ran with this team. They were running on a different kind of fuel then. But I can yeah. see what you're saying. You know, it's it's not totally unmerited, but I just feel like it doesn't hold as much weight because of all that. I I think the real story is probably not Baker Mayfield in our offense. Is that how the hell are we going to stop Lamar Jackson? They're coming off a bye. Uh, the Andrews guy, I think, is going to be back and healthy. We struggle against tight ends. Lamar could like run 400 yards against the Panthers. He could. Uh, and I no, think and that's, that's the, the scary part. No Dante Jackson. Um, now, they don't have, like, anything that is necessarily scary uh, at the receiver core. But at the same time, like, um, Lamar is enough by himself to beat this Panthers team. And I don't know if the Panthers um, 
look, I mean, you know what? Is Baker is going to have to put on a show if we want to keep up with these guys, I would think. Yeah. So if my microphone goes in and out, just tell me. I'll have to switch. Um, but this is Baker Mayfield's numbers. Uh, versus the Ravens, uh, 58.42 completion percentage, over 2,200 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, nine mm-hmm. interceptions, 10 sacks, 83.2 passer rating, 72 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and a three and five record against the Baltimore Ravens. So it does bear in mind that the Panther or that Baker Mayfield does have a lot of experience against the Baltimore Ravens. And maybe that will help us out. I know they have a lot of new pieces on defense, the Ravens do. But, um, I mean, if anything is going for Baker, it's the level of experience that he will have against some of the teams that we're going to be left to play on the schedule, including the Steelers. So, uh, I don't know, man. If he wants to rejuvenate his career at all, this is his opportunity to do so. Because as of right now, if you're Sam Darnold, or Baker Mayfield, what team is going to be knocking at your door? Right. You know what I truly fear, though, out of this? Is what if, just by chance, Baker Mayfield comes out here and he just blows the doors? Like, like just bl- bl- like just crushes it, man. And we end up five winning five touchdowns and making the playoffs. And... Like, what, what do you do then? Like, what do you do in that situation? You don't have to do anything. I mean, he's not obligated here. Um I mean, if he comes out and he he just – the thing that's tough about it is he's got a track record of being – like he's had half the season where it's already been bad. If he comes out and has a, a really good final half of the season, I think that's, again, that's that's one of those things. We can be excited about it in that moment, but we can't fall for it again, right? We can't right. sit there and re-sign him and, because basically what he's doing is he's he's solidifying what we've known him to be, which is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that there's any controversy there. I think, uh, either they're going to go with one of these guys in the draft, even if we're drafting later in the first round, I think there's plenty of QBs that are going to be there, um, throughout the first round. Um, and, uh, if not, we got Matt Corral in the background, ready to try to take the helm of this team. And I, I think they're more than willing to, to d- give a guy a chance that, uh, that, that is Matt Corral. Am I saying that I would do that if I'm, you know, if I have an opportunity to draft a guy, probably not. But I am saying that uh, that I, I assume that this uh, coaching staff and this uh, organization wouldn't have a problem with that, as opposed to trying to sign a guy to a, a long term deal. Yeah. While Cody is gone, do you think if he twisted the mic a little bit, Ooh. that would help to where um, the pointed like a? Those are pretty uh, good about directional. Um, yeah. It has to be something with my computer because yeah, I had. Dude, I was, damn, I was I was damn near blowing the thing. Like yeah. it, it, it yeah. can't be it can't be the distance. We'll talk about it a little more, but I think it sounded it, I was so telling, good when yeah, it was in. I, was I know, me. and it pisses me off too, man. Okay. Well, hey, you know, we're trying. We're trying. You know, this is interesting to me as we're looking. Nobody is even in the chat has said, Where Tony, where the hell are you at? No, 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 you're with... wrong. People were saying they're they're loving the new background. Oh. Uh, yeah, they, I'm hanging out like, here yeah. with DJ Moore right now. I got my kids. My kids are growing up. My girls are growing up. They share this room. And now the older, they've been, she's, they want their own room. So we had to move everything around. And now I'm in the kids TV room now. Oh, nice. So this is now good. my office. Um, so I'm still in my home. This is now the C3 
studio is what it <laughs> is. And now it's really cool because like, I'm going to totally claim it. Like nobody else. Yeah. I'm not sharing it with anybody. Yeah, nobody except it. for y'all sharing it with these people guys we want you to smash the thumbs up button and be a part of the show you can call in at 252-228-5098 that's 252-228-5098 uh subscribe to the podcast uh check us out on itunes tune in stitcher don't forget tomorrow night daniel wilcox former ravens tight end and super bowl champion is going to join us um, you know, let's just really just revisit this real quickly about B- Baker's performance. Now, all this against the Ravens is divisional opponent, sure. right? And, uh, you know, I mean, is that now are these numbers, is this a tough, are these numbers truly reflective? Do they really tell us much? Because, look, the Ravens have been pretty dominant in that division yeah, for the like the last four or five years in so many ways. Even before Lamar got there, right, they were uh, kind of the toast. It was Pittsburgh and them toast the town as Cincinnati and Cleveland struggled. You know, Baker, in, in one respect, has had a lot of success against uh, the Bengals, and we everybody was touting that. And actually, you know what? He even had a little bit of success <laughs> against them in Carolina. Is this Baltimore team what? You know, he's really faced in the past. And I got to say is that I, I really think this Baltimore team's pretty dang good. Right. But um, their defense has been sort of wishy-washy. And I know that they yeah. went out and added, I think, maybe two important. Uh, maybe they, uh, they added Roquan Smith. And I think that might have been it. The other guy. No, didn't they get uh, a pass rusher too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude from the. Quinn. Didn't they get two players off the bench? Yeah, Robert Quinn went to Philly. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. Robert Quinn. So I know they're trying to shore that up, and they've had some problems giving up some late leads. But really, the Panthers cannot go toe-to-toe in a shootout like maybe the Dolphins have or somebody like that. Uh, This, I think, is a really tough test for the Carolina Panthers. I'm not really feeling great about it. After this win against the Atlanta Falcons, and now that the Bucks are five and five in the division lead, is there a chance that we could keep up with any of these guys? Are we kind of, or is this going to be the nail in the coffin? We got Denver after them, and then the bye week. They're coming off a bye. That's another thing. They're going to be fresh. You um, know, they're they're, and then I'll, I'll pass the mic. Okay, the the defense, they're not really stopping the run at a high clip. And right now, that's what the Panthers are doing better than anything, man. Deontay Foreman is just absolutely trucking fools, running for 130 whatever yards a game. Um, I mean, right now, if we if we continue to do what we've been doing well, uh, I really don't think even the quarterback change should matter too much. One of the things that I've always said is that the Panthers are a run-first football team, and even the passes that you are going to ask them to make, you shouldn't be asking them to do it even you know, 27 to 30 times a game. That's way too much. Run the football, do some play-action passes, move them out of the pocket a little bit, and just pick your opportunities to take the shot downfield. I really do think that the, the key to victory against the Baltimore Ravens is to just lean on them. Yeah. Use your run game, get heavy, push them around and keep Lamar Jackson off the football field, run some ball control offense, pick up first downs and 
make it where Lamar Jackson doesn't even have the opportunity to affect this football game like we're afraid that he might. Have we seen um, anything as far as like what is their history uh, after like with Lamar and these guys like after a bye week? Because for the longest time, that was the Achilles heel of somebody like Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. Uh, what does that look like with these guys after a bye week? Do they tend to have a better outing or or what? Ooh, I almost... I know, like what is uh, Harbaugh off the bye? How do you even right. find that stat? I don't know. They usually put it. that. Yeah. They usually the team usually puts that out. So like the Panthers would normally put that out before or after the bye week or uh, something like that leading into a game. But I, I listen, I think the bye week can also be an, a, a really, uh, you know, it's an extra uh, week of rest. Sure. But it's also a lot of these people go on vacation and they're doing other things outside of the building. They're not really focused on football. So that extra week really isn't, it might be good mentally, but from a football standpoint, it's not necessarily giving them a leg up there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that 2017 or, oh, hold on. Well, you were talking about stats and and honestly, I'll definitely try to find that stat, but just looking at these stats, we have a Baker Mayfield right now. And you were asking if, if looking at this, how we feel like breaking that down on eight games, it's a Baker Mayfield game. It's 277 yards, 1.6 touchdowns, one interception, 1.25 sacks, three and five record, 10 rushing yards. I would be more interested. That's a Baker Mayfield game. I'm more, what I'm more interested in is I want to look at his best and his worst games against those guys. Yeah. Because that's that's true telling, you know, I feel like you're going to get one of those two games out of him tomorrow or on Sunday rather. Um, and that is that I think the idea of bunching it all together is tough because he had a couple of really good years. He's had a couple of really bad years. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many of those really good games has he had that were against Ravens? If he's never had a good game against the Ravens, then we should be more concerned. But um, it's a different team and it's a different Baker and Baker yeah, hasn't totally. looked even as good as he did before. Totally. Um, this is uh, as of last year. So we just got to figure out what they did if they won last year after the bye, because this is an article them going into the bye last week. Did they win the last, uh, the week before? So they have a bad record going into the bye. Uh, under Harbaugh, the Ravens have a 49 and 39 record before the bye week and a combined 80 and 40 record to finish the season after the bye week. So that's not even the next game. That's just that they come out of the bye pretty strong it seems like and get a second win um they struggle before the bye week it says i don't know so now we don't really get that um that information also we got a super chat in the house fj pap thank you for you for your uh, contribution yeah uh uh fj pap uh he takes issue with me saying that the baltimore ravens are not good against the run he says baltimore is third against the run in the nfl um, i don't think I'm, he's taking issue i think he's just pointing well, out i'm 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 well i'm looking it up right now and okay. that is not what nfl.com says at all okay. uh, they're nowhere near the top 10 in fact they're according to nfl.com they're in the bottom uh they're in the bottom half uh only the Saints, seahawks steelers Texans, Titans, and Vikings are 
work. Is, yeah. so, is that it depends on what that is? Uh, is that like overall? Is that touchdowns, red zone, yards allowed? Like uh, it just says good. rushing, rushing defenses. Okay, so it's just an overall Short right here. Right, yeah. yeah, hold on. No, nope, I mean, he's that, right. That's, that's he's a, right. That's the, no, the true no, he's right. That. Rushing yards. He's right. It's 49ers are number one against the run, allowing 744 rushing yards total this season. Titans number two. Ravens number three at 828. That's so, yards allowed? I was, I was going to say, so what, what does that tell you right there? That, that, that they are number three in yards allowed as far as, I'm assuming, the least amount, and then they're the yes. number like in the lower half of the defense is overall rushing. Like that. Just I don't know. I, mean, I, don't know I, how I, to I guess, I guess it means thing. that they give up a lot of a lot. Now, of now look at this: is that uh, teams a- average four point three yards a carry against them? Maybe teams just don't. Uh, run against they them. have oh, nine yeah. touchdowns on the ground against them. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Is like, if we look this, let's check and see where they are at yards per carry. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Not that far down. Yeah. Where are the Panthers at? Oh, we are way down there. We've given here. Let's just put this in perspective. The Ravens have given up 828 yards on the ground. The Panthers have given up 1,392. No bueno. No bueno. See, and that's actually the problem is that that's that's problematic for us is that we're just not good against the run. And Lamar is fantastic at everything. Now at the the in the other case too is that is you know we have had I guess the one team that we've played that's had a mobile quarterback or one that you want to keep in the pocket was Kyler Murray and we right. had some success against him this year but I'm not really sure if they're anywhere and if he's even in the conversation of being like Lamar Jackson you know? not this year I'll tell you that much yeah yeah I think yes Lamar's so, like watching watching Michael Vick that year in Madden. You could just do anything with him. It's crazy to watch him run. See if we can check out what they've done, I'm gonna go look at this up. So let's. Uh, so look, we got. Uh, we're gonna be previewing this game again tomorrow night, eight o'clock. Cody and I, we got the beat check. Uh, Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end, he'll help us. And and here's the thing is that you're gonna get you're gonna learn a lot about this team because the tight ends. This is where a lot of their offense with Lamar feeds through. Right, is that not only what is it? Mark Andrews is his name, I believe. Um, he's been kicking ass incredibly this season, but then he suffered a shoulder injury, and uh, likely, who I pick, I'm, I'm, I have to start likely this week against my against the Panthers. Not that I'm uh, worried about it. I'm yeah. hoping that Andrews isn't going to be uh, coming back and hogging all the the attention because I I'm just getting murdered with buys in this last week and this week. And it's like guys on my bench. Now uh, I had a, like, I got ruined last week with it. Now the guys on my bench, funny story about the likely guy, um, RG three, who turns out to be very entertaining, whether what you care about his. Oh, I love him. Cr- as, as, like, as an announcer, the dude's incredible. I, yeah. I, I love him. Um, you know how everybody is like, uh, was tweeting last week or two weeks ago about Nick Cannon's kids. Yeah. And he had the best tweet. He had, he had the best tweet and it said, how many kids does Nick Cannon have? And then he picked, put a picture up of likely and likely's number is 80. So it says likely 80. (laughs) It was such a great, uh, 
And I heard LeVar Arrington talking about this. He said, there's not a guy in the world that's got a better resume for baby mamas than Nick Cannon uh, from Mariah <laughs> Carey to like just going down the list. So um, look, we'll, we'll get to figure out how that offense is going to run through those tight ends tomorrow night on the beat check. Make sure you check us out there. Don't forget to call in at 252-228-5098. We're going to be taking your calls in just a moment. Uh, some injury updates for us is, I don't know if, I wouldn't say that this year has been overwhelmingly problematic with injuries for the Carolina Panthers. Um, every quarterback has suffered the same injury uh, for this team, a high ankle sprain. Uh, you, may, you had J.C. Horn miss a couple of games. Yeah, yeah, J.C. Horn missed a, uh, well, no, Jeremy Chin has missed a couple of games. I feel like Horn missed a game or two. He did, he, but he had a, he had a rib I- I injuries. Uh, yeah, and so what you get is uh, look. There's my son getting his charger. You're on candid camera. Uh, yeah, actually, not on candid camera. You're on camera. Uh, so who do we got out now? Oh, Dante Jackson suffered a toe, a, toe, a foot injury. So uh, it was Achilles, right? Yeah, yeah that's Achilles, our that's, there, yeah. that's our next bit of news. Dante Jackson is officially out for the season with an mm. Achilles injury. Um, th- this is a rough one, man. And really, like to have this conversation, we're really going back to the conversation about turf because it's not a coincidence that both uh, PJ Walker and uh, Dante Jackson are dealing with injuries to their to their legs and you know, to their lower extremities, and that's what a lot of the complaints about the turf is that it, it, there's no give, it's hard to get tackled on, it's a lot easier for your cleats to get stuck in the turf, thereby causing you to get a bad injury or stepping the wrong way. Um, and, and we're going to have that conversation in more detail, but what does this mean for our defense going forward now that we're without Dante Jackson? Because let's keep it very real here. Dante, in recent years, um, he has a lot of diehard fans, absolutely. He also has a lot of detractors mm-hmm. who thinks that Dante Jackson is beaten more often than he is in good coverage. So, you know, th- there's a lot of different ways to feel about this. What are we thinking about Dante being gone for the rest of the year? I mean, certainly you know, make I, you feel good. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not at all. I mean, like, for me, especially, like, I've always been on the side of like championing for Dante Jackson. Like, Yes, I can point out plenty of times where he has made a mistake and 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 you know gotten burned or, or or given up something he should have. But I can also point out a lot of really great defensive plays for him too, and that's the difference between him and like a guy like Henderson. You know, Henderson, I can't point out anything good for him. I had one interception this year, I think that was wide, that was you know fairly easy catch. Um, I, I I just I think that we're gonna feel him not being here because. Whether people want to admit it or not, he was, I don't want to say a shutdown corner, but he wasn't a guy you could mess with the entire game. Right. Uh, you can go back and look at his stats, man. He, he he has just as good stats as Josh Norman, and people will champion for Josh Norman all the time. So I, I think we're going to miss him. Okay. Um, look, is that he has been a pretty darn, uh, a pretty darn good cornerback when he has been available. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really what it's been is Dante Jackson has gotten better from year to year, but the problem is he's just been unavailable each year at some point. And again, 
this year. Maybe he played his first rookie season all the way through. Um, I do think that this hurts our team, but I don't think it's like we see a significant, significant downgrade uh, just overall in our defense. I don't think our defense was that even that great with him. Bringing back Jeremy Chin might kind of balance the scales a little bit where it's kind of c closer to a wash. He is good to have against fast players, you know, against speed guys yeah. and some different things like that. Um, it does hurt. It does hurt because this is like he is a starter. He's a contributor. He has gotten better. He's got his open field tackling, except for one kind of blown one last week, you know, is that he's been making big plays in the open fields, or at least over the last two years, that's where he's really improved. So, I, I mean, we're not really deep enough or good enough for us to lose players and really get better or to not. I mean, so it's going to have some impact. It's just like right now is a, I don't know. I mean, I guess our secondary overall is kind of um, problematic. Is outside of J.C. Horn, you've had the Jeremy Chin issue. You've had uh, Justin Burr suffering the co concussion. Keith Taylor has had some good plays and some bad plays. The Hartsfield guy has had a couple of good plays, but a lot of, you know, or at least he takes a lot of heat and flack from Panther fans as not being good. Right. Um, and, man, Lamar can really beat you down the field, too. Yeah, that's where Jeremy Chen being back is really, really going to be helpful. Um, and, but then um, Chad uh, in the chat, you know, he mentions uh, Keith Taylor Jr. time. Uh, this is somebody else that was drafted that we all kind of had so some hope for he's had some good and some bad film but look it's a next man up mentality everybody's dealing with issues but this is when the nfl season really starts <clears throat> believe it or not the panthers are not out of it and it's time to play november and december football boys so you know i this is an opportunity for the rest of the guys on the depth chart to step up and try and make a name for themselves keith taylor jr among them and our other guys are going to have to step up and be even better than they were before. Guys like J.C. Horn, guys like uh, C.J. Henderson, who's also very controversial if you love him or hate him. So, yeah, man. I mean, everyone's going to have to step up and play better than they have been playing. And, by the way, just real quick, I'm not upset that we didn't sign Josh Norman. I have no idea what kind of shape or what kind of football shape Josh Norman is even in right now. You know, if he was even prepared to play football right now, people were kind of wanting it for the story, myself included. But I don't know. I would rather just uh, stay the Ooh, course. Josh Norman? I didn't, I didn't know they said? were talking about signing him. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of, there, were, there were rumors going around of the Panthers mm. potentially uh, that Josh Norman was one of the names that we could potentially uh, pick up. But either way, glad that we didn't do it. Um. I think we're on the right track, and dudes are just going to have to step up. I'm trying to look at some of these Ravens rushing uh, scores to see if we can get some insight beyond uh, just you know. Well, how about yards. this, Tony? Well, you do that. You know, we got a bunch of cool people in the chat, and they love to hear us talk about Panther football, but they don't love it as much as when Big Papa talks dirty to them. And gives them that shame that they've been so craving. Talk to them, Big Papa. Ladies and gentlemen, 
boys and girls of all ages. You've joined in here to talk about the Carolina Panthers, to watch us talk about the Carolina Panthers. Talking about the upcoming matchup between the Panthers and the Ravens. Lamar Jackson coming in here, showing the world what he's capable of doing against maybe a mid-tier to good defense with maybe Jeremy Chin coming back into the fold. But without Dante Jackson, you've come in here to talk about Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, maybe even talk about tanking for the rest of the season. But you know what you haven't done? You haven't hit that like button yet. And I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. One hundred and nineteen strong viewers watching. Forty-seven thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Whip up on that notification bell to help us beat up on that YouTube algorithm and get our podcast in front of as many eyes and ears as possible. Do it for the C3 Panther podcast. We know uh, you guys appreciate your uh, your your uh, therapy sessions that you're in so desperate need of after Panthers games sometimes. So hit that like and also consider hitting that join button like my man Panther Pickle has done for $1.99 a month to get custom badges, custom emojis. We're going to be doing more giveaways for all of our uh, wonderful subscribers. So we appreciate y'all. Um, this is interesting. I wonder, I wonder, can stat? Well, I mean, obviously, stats can be misleading. And I think that, look, I'm not trying to contradict anybody. Like, are they a good running team? I mean, uh, rush defense, are they bad? But, like, what's the context to some of it, right? Uh, one of the things I think that is, is look, is just listen to their schedule right now and think of the team's identities, where they were at at that moment, and how teams um, would likely line up and match up against them. They played the Jets week one. The Jets scored nine points, um, 24-9. Uh, the Jets were able, though, let's see how many rushing yards they had. Joe Flacco started there. They only had 83 yards rushing, it looks like. Uh, but when you're behind, oh, let me see if this is Flacco threw the ball 59 times in that game. Is that the, the oh, wow. one against the Panthers? You said no. This is September 11th, the Ravens versus Jets, Week One. Flacco threw the ball 50. Like, so how do you rush the ball well when you're behind and you throw the ball 59 times? Right. Uh, next on the docket, they then uh, have the Dolphins. The Dolphins looks like they rushed the ball a total of let's see stats. Hold on. The Dolphins threw the ball 50 times in that game. They threw the ball 50 times. Uh, Mostert carried 11 for 51. Chase Edmonds, 5 for 33. Every ball carrier averaged over 4.6 uh, yards a carry. It's just... Uh, Tyreek Hill had 190 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle had 171 yards. Dude, they're balling so hard. Right. They're the year, best team man. in the NFL. Uh, look yeah, at this. No. So next they, they play uh, the Patriots. Now the Patriots, this is kind of maybe, look, the Patriots, Mac Jones goes 22 for 32. He had 321 yards. They have a, you know, their defense hasn't been great. Uh, it looks like they put up a total of, 
145 yards the Patriots on the ground against them. 450 yards. Uh, looks like, though, here's the problem. is Or not the problem, but I guess what makes it difficult when it comes to the run game. Uh, the Ravens got out to a a lead in that game, it looks like. You know, and so... Are you running the, I mean, are, are you able to establish the run? So we go back to this is the next week they have, uh, we get the bills. The bills don't run the, they, uh, Josh Allen was 19 for 36 against them. It looks like the stats are saying 125 yards on the ground, uh, from the bills, but the Ravens rush for 162, right? So I don't know. The Bills aren't like a great rushing team, other than Ravens. Josh Josh Allen. The uh, Bills. the Bengals. All right. So next up, the Bengals, who have been a bad rushing team, except for the Carolina Panthers, uh, rushed for 100 yards against them. Not much. I mean, not like the best. And it looks like Joe Burrow threw the ball 35 times. They have 17. 20, 21 carries for 101 yards. Uh, not terrible. And then look, it's like, here is the thing. As I think this is where you kind of learn a little bit about them. The Giants, uh, the Giants were able to rush the ball, not a ton, only 83 yards. That was a good one against them. Saquon's like, number one in rushing yards this right. year. But uh, again, the Ravens have been playing with leads all year. Yeah. Uh, now we go to the Browns. Um, this one probably is the tail is the Browns had 113 yards and that's a team that rushes on everybody. So again, you know what is they might not, uh, you know, it's not like they're shut down, but they always play from ahead. It looks like, and they rush the ball a lot. The Ravens are super mm -hmm. effective on the ground. And then last, I want to say this is this was one that was, they shut down the saints Again, playing from ahead. So that's, you know what, is that this is what the scary part is, is not only do we need to rush the ball, but they play from ahead and aren't very porous against the run. We can't play from behind. No, like, I mean, we don't not, have that luxury. We just no. don't have that luxury. And that's why no matter what the stats say, the game plan is the same. Run yep. the football with Deontay Foreman, ball mm -hmm. control, keep Lamar Jackson off the field. And, I mean, that's really going to be your path to victory um, this Sunday against the Ravens. Before the Ravens go, have lost. Listen to this, though, before you get uh, – the mm -hmm. Ravens lost to the Giants 24-20. They lost to the Bills 23-20. They lost to the Dolphins in a shootout. That's the only one. The Browns played them tough 23-20. And yep. – uh, the Bucks twenty seven twenty two. We got to keep this. We got to keep this a low scoring game, like you're saying. We just need to grind this out, and hopefully, you're at the end, and maybe you can uh, find some magic at the end. Hopefully, man. But you know what? We found some magic here today because an old friend has become a new member. Talk to us again. Here in joy has decided to join the C3 Superfans, a long-term loyal listener of the C3 podcast. Thank you so much for joining the C3 Superfan Club, supporting the C3 Panthers podcast. Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, man, I, I mean, this is what we're doing. 
we're rushing the YouTube algorithm, putting up yards on them, just like the Panthers are going to have to do this Sunday, man. And, um, you know, I, I think Tony kind of alluded to it, like uh, Deontay Foreman. Like, that is our offense. I mean, Deontay Foreman has been our offense more than, I feel like more than Christian McCaffrey almost ever has. In a few games, like, Why do you this, think that this is? guy has become, I mean, but he does everything. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's rushing for touchdowns, fighting for yards, he, he's been dependable. And then another thing is, I believe our offensive line is built to be downhill, and we have a better offensive line than we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So all of these things coalescing together, it just equals a very dangerous rushing attack when you add Foreman to this really powerful offensive line. Could it be perhaps that Deontay Foreman is a better rusher of the football than Christian McCaffrey no. was? Ooh, Christian McCaffrey no. may be a better player overall. No, not everything you can do, but maybe Deontay yeah. Foreman is I a better is rusher true. of the football. Oh my God. I mean, stop, I, I, I think that's possible. No, it doesn't mean he's a better Tony. player. It's, it's, but I mean, look at what he's done with the same line. Same line. Have we ever, seen, have is... we ever seen Christian McCaffrey do fight, back to back? Fight, well, it wasn't back fight, to back to back, fight. but I'm that's just the saying. Stupidest but, thing I ever heard. Look, man, uh, you, you can argue that he's the best better. all he's around, back, but you cannot argue that that Christian put McCaffrey is the best running back in the uh, 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 right now. Out of the two, yeah, put up a poll. I tell you this, and anybody that Who's votes the for Foreman is a fool. Who's the better rusher? Right. Not the better back, the better rusher. Man, there's a it's a tale of two different teams. That's the that's the thing here is that first you're looking at. Deontay Foreman, who has played uh, well against three teams, the Falcons twice, and the Bucks once. The Bucks have been injured. They haven't been good on defense. The Falcons have not been good, period. I know that they say that they were good against the rush. But the other thing is this, is that Deontay Foreman, or Dante Foreman, Deontay, I think, Dante, I don't even know how to pronounce it, whatever. Foreman has been running behind a different line, guys. No. Coached by a different coach. Yes, is that Bradley Bozeman was not the center of this team. Sure. It was Pat Fline while Christian McCaffrey was here. And we were also passing the ball a lot in those upper, a couple first couple of weeks. We would come out. I mean, remember that Browns game the very first week? We came out and threw the ball three times in a row. But and you would put kind of we would give up on the run. We got from playing from behind. I don't think anywhere. In any realm, is he a better rusher of the football? Christian McCaffrey was far underrated as an effective rusher between the tackles. Once you got rid of Matt Fool and you got Bradley Bozeman in there, this run game started cooking. I mean, Dante Foreman had 32 carries. When was the last time you saw a co- or one guy have 30-something carries? We are running this dude into the ground against teams that can't stop that you know can't stop anything can i can i throw out an option here for you to think about tony um would you agree that he went to a much better offensive line and a much better offensive minded coach in san francisco um i don't know necessarily if i would say a, a by hands down a better offensive line i think they've been dealing with some injuries on there I'm not 100% sure. And I know that they, I've seen some guys get worked on their offensive line. But sure. I would say definitely hands down on a better coach. 
So the reason I bring that up is if you look and you compare stats since Christian McCaffrey has been on that team compared to him, and I'm not going to use that first week. I think we shouldn't use that first week of him going uh, to the uh, to the 49ers. But if you take a look at the stats and you compare them, even if you compare the the average uh, rushing per uh, per attempt that Christian McCaffrey had on this team prior to the trade, it is night and day. Like it's not even close, Tony. Like, and I know you're going to use that reasoning. But the problem is, is that reasoning is trying to take into it, like basically make an excuse for a guy who is a running back, right? If you take away his production as far as a running back slash receiver, he is not a, he wouldn't be a third round pick if he couldn't catch the ball. Is it, is it fair, is it fair to say this? Christian McCaffrey is a much more well-rounded running back. But that, if, that's you're, what I mean, yeah. if you're just going between the A gaps and the B gaps, Dante Foreman is just a bigger, more powerful guy. So I do think that he is think, better between the tackles, even though McCaffrey is a more versatile football player. By I think the way, McCaffrey has proved that he can run between the tackles. I think that's just the kind of question marks we had with him coming into the league. And I think he far superseded that. I think that this team is playing so much differently under Steve Wilkes. But here, it's not like Foreman did anything against the Bengals, right? Is that like he, he has had – No one did. Right? I understand that. What I'm saying is is he has gotten – his stats have been inflated by the Falcons twice. Okay. By and the Falcons. I and Christian McCaffrey, let's not act like – a guy who's gone to a new team into a new system has it is like first they're trying to one they've already had a bye week right so it's not like he's played the same amount of games even second they're trying to bring him in in a way to where it's not ridiculous and third he had one of the most incredible games in the history of football there where he As threw a, a pass, caught up. No, of all things, rushed the foot. He's also, check out how many rushing touchdowns. He's had a rushing touchdown in every game, I think. He had a since he's rushing there. touchdown last week. But yep, even he had one look, the week before. He had one his first week. Tony, he that's had, not, you're, you're not, you're literally doing the exact argument that we're talking about, though, mm -hmm. right? You said that he had one of the best all around games. We're not arguing that. The argument is that he isn't a he like if you're comparing Deontay Foreman to Christian McCaffrey as a running back through like running between the tackles, Deontay Foreman has proven on with a very similar line. You can say Bozeman is the difference maker here. You sure can, but at the end of the day, we weren't looking bad under Elfline either. Um, and so, yeah. as far as that, like I, I just don't think I think you're making that argument for us. When you're talking yeah. about him being a receiver, Deontay Foreman also, is not going to be able to compare to him. But also, the 49ers just recently have tried to run CMC between the tackles. And it, again, it's not that he can't, but that's not necessarily his specialty. And it even showed with the 49ers mm -hmm. as well. There was a bunch of goal line stops exactly. um, th that they had on short yarded situations. And, 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 and I listen, think that that's listen. my point. When you're 208 pounds, you might be the most athletic 208-pound running back in the world, but there's only so much that you're going to be able to do when you just don't have that pure physical strength. It's like a really strong middleweight fighting a really strong heavyweight. The heavyweight right. is always going to have the bigger you know, power advantage, and Foreman is much more of a heavyweight type of runner than Christian McCaffrey.
And look, by by me saying this too, I, I'm not saying either that Christian McCaffrey hasn't proven that he can run between the tackles because right. I do believe he can. He's an above average running back on all levels. But I think that on that particular level, as far as running between the tackles, maybe Foreman's a better runner between the tackles. I think uh, this know? is where you guys are getting lost in this conversation. Is Number one is that if we had to take a, to pick a running back tomorrow – and we said that we cannot let him catch the ball at all. Like he can only run the ball. I'm still taking Christian McCaffrey. Not. All right. Second, I think really what the story is not about is Dante Foreman, Deontay Foreman, a better runner or rusher of the ball. I think what's been incredible is just how the rushing game didn't fall off in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. It so I don't think we necessarily have to try to figure out, like, make this comparison as much as it's really impressive that the Panthers got rid of their best player and their offense didn't fall off. In fact, it's improved. And that leads me to another person I want to bring up uh, who has had the most target. I think he had the most targets on the team last week, and that's Terrace Marshall Jr. Finally, this guy is being integrated into this offense. So... um I don't know. Is look, I'm just I, look. I think Foreman's a good player. Uh, I like him. I'm actually more interested in not even comparing him with Christian McCaffrey, but asking this: Why the hell weren't we using him when Christian McCaffrey was here instead of the Chuba Hubbard? And I'm telling you, is that a lot of this is kind of hard to gauge, even with Christian McCaffrey. Anybody, right, under the the shadow or the smog and the fog of Matt rule. And I hate to say it is because it's weird to me. I don't, I truly just don't understand how he could be that detrimental to the offense when he's not a play caller, but Terrace Marshall jr. A bum under Matt rule, DJ Moore, a bum under Matt rule. Deontay Foreman didn't even play. Why? What the heck is going on? And now, Look, Terrace Marshall Jr., how is he going to get better unless you actually give him an opportunity? And he has really, I think, done pretty well. Yeah, and by the way, the last little word on CMC, if you watch the 49er games, he is already the face of their football team. Like whenever they advertise the game, it's a picture of Christian McCaffrey. It's it's a whole thing now. But um, look. I remember being very excited about Terrace Marshall Jr. and then him being a no-show and then everybody wanted to come to me like, oh, so much for Terrace Marshall, huh? But, 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 but. but yeah, how are you ever going to look good if you never get an opportunity to prove yourself? Mm-hmm. So, again, and by the way, he's still getting better. Like, we haven't seen the best out of him. He dealt with some injuries. But now he's back and he's making a, you know, he's making a push now that we need him the most. And I'm glad, man, because the same thing that I've always said is still true for him. The Panthers need a fast, big-bodied wide receiver to be able to get downfield and go up and make plays. And there's no reason why Terrace Marshall Jr. can't be just that for us. Again, going back to that season at LSU, when he was also with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, he was an integral part of that LSU offense. I mean, he, he was a big deal in that offense. So we know that he's a big-time playmaker. 
now it's just about finding more and more ways to get him involved more and more. And if you notice, they were trying to find ways to get him the ball in the red zone. Like, you know, those jump up and go and get the ball type passes. I'm really hopeful for his future. And I'm happy that this man's balling out and we're not talking about trading him or some dumb shit right. like that. Right. Like that it. was a silly conversation. Hey, before we go on to the next topic, let's jump over to prize picks real quick. Uh, like before, our, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock on the dot. Um, we're going to go over here is we've got uh, one of our favorite sponsors of this podcast. In fact, my favorite sponsor is prize picks. Prize picks, you go, uh, is your place to play daily fantasy uh, sports. It's legal in, I think, over 32 states, particularly in North and South Carolina. Uh, where a lot of our audience is from. There's nine minutes and 44 seconds left to get in on Taco Tuesday. Kevin Durant is 16% off. You can pick him as more or less 20 and a half points. I will be, I'll tell you this though, be wary of the Taco Tuesday. Prize Picks has got some sort of insider info on uh, Taco. Yeah, it's Cordero Patterson with 35 yards and this dude... Got 18 yards, didn't even carry the ball to like the third quarter, it felt like. It was insane. But if you go to prize picks and you use the promo code C3, C3, on your first time you put money in, you get a 100% deposit bonus. They will match you up to $100. You put in $100, they give you $100 in promo funds. You play through that $100. This is real money that you get to pull out. It's safe and secure. The way prize picks works as you make multiple you make uh, multiple entries on a player's fantasy fo- uh, fantasy projection what we like to do with prize picks is to forecast or look at the upcoming game when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and see what it is looking like i got suckered last week i picked some i went i went i got reckless that cordero patterson got my juices flowing and I picked up, I was just going over, I was going overboard, right? Uh, but speaking of some of these guys right here, these are the three player projections that are available. There may be more um, as you get closer to the actual game day when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield's more or less than 180 and a half passing yards. Deontay Foreman, 63 and a half rushing yards. DJ Moore, 55 and a half receiving yards will pop over to the Ravens real quick. And then I'll make our picks. Remember the prize, the code prize picks for the promo code use C3. I can't tell you how many, Oh, only one player. They don't know what's going on when it comes to, uh, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson passing yards. You know what is, I think that is a lot too. I'm going to do this. This is what I like here because we're going to keep the prize. But look, as we've had so much fun playing prize picks, if you don't do it, uh, you are missing out. Uh, Cody has won one time. Oh, uh, uh, But he can win more. I like Dante Don- Foreman yet. more than. Uh, uh. Is that more than they've given. Ooh, is that too, too rich for you guys? Because. I would do less passing yards than uh, 180 with Baker. You really uh, think so? I just said I, he averages 270 against them in eight games. Hey, hit the, uh, hey, uh, hit the little uh, thing uh, for Baker. Uh, I don't know. 
don't know, man. It, that's, that's it's just... tough. Yeah, it's really Sensei tough. Sensei 155 and a half. In one half. Now they're passing a lot. You could be playing from behind against yeah, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And actually, that might be the problem with picking Deontay Foreman is playing from behind. How many? What if we go here? Do we yeah. go wild here and go more here? More for Baker and more for DJ. Real, real quick, is it, is it no. only passing yards we can go with, or can we go with passing attempts or completions as well? Because those are fun stats to go with. Because I know they don't have a right lot now, this early on. Oh, right now they don't have it. Okay. You don't like the DJ? Is that who you don't like right now? You think Peterson? What? Um, he doesn't go to him. Baker doesn't go to him enough. I don't trust Baker. He hasn't. He hasn't shown that he's going to go to him in the games he's played. Yeah, that's DJ's just... worst games. Yeah, like DJ and Baker had no chemistry. And by the way, even back when he was with the Browns, that was the whole thing. Baker could never get on rhythm with the number one wide receiver in Odell Beckham, and he never got on rhythm with uh, DJ Moore. So I, to, I don't know, man. I'm really skeptical on both of those numbers. I'm not saying that the Panthers can't win, because, again, right. I think we run the football if we're going to have success. But I don't know. I just really, I'm not feeling good about going more on on. Do you like Harrison Barnes? In what? I'm asking Greg. He likes uh, oh, basketball. basketball. Yeah, don't uh, ask what's me it? What's it asking for? With Points, Barnes. rebounds, assists, seventeen and a half. Harrison Barnes. That's not mm. bad. He gets ten points. Three it's assists. Not, it's not bad, man, but going Harrison for it. Barnes is not that great. I mean, he can, he can do that. I just want to put some – I want to have a little fun tonight. They're playing – oh, it's all against Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn's terrible no. at defense. Sleep. <laughs> Brooklyn's Brooklyn. terrible at defense. So, yeah, that might all be right. a decent one. Yeah. Broom, I'm going to put in a little NBA real quick, but let's just jump real back real quick. Sorry, I just like – I tell you guys Oh, this. hey, Tony, I, I put in one for the UFC last Saturday mm. night. And I did all four, and I missed one of them. Oh, oh man, I missed one. And by, so that's another thing too. If you're a big time MMA fan like myself, uh, they do uh, the UFC as well. So get in on prize picks, man. Uh, Justin oh, Fields, one hundred and sixty yards uh, passing. Who they playing? Atlanta. He's really oh, been moving yeah. the ball a lot. Give me yeah. that. Give me that for sure. I like that. I might uh, jump let's on check that over one. here. Let's see what the rushing are. Um, let's see if we can find something. Jonathan Taylor against Philly. Don't like that. Josh Jacobs against Denver. You kind of like that. Do not like. Ooh, oh. I'm going Dalvin less than. How about Mixon versus uh, Joe Mixon versus Pitt versus Pittsburgh? Mm. Pittsburgh's not a great team what's, either. What's the number? 67 and a half. That's a lot. They're not really good on the ground, though, except for us. Hey, go to the bottom. What's Austin Eckler at? The very, very bottom? 42 uh, and a half. Oh, that's a Kansas City, though. Yeah. He ain't getting that. Nah, I don't think so. You really like Dalvin Cook against Dallas? Less. That, that... Less. I'm going less. I mean, Dallas just let Aaron Jones run all over him. Let's do this. I'm like, I'm feeling frisky. <laughs> so... Um, all right. This is my prize picks for the week. Justin Fields, 160 and a half over passing yards, more than Dalvin Cook, less than 80 and a half. 
Uh, Minnesota, I think this is like they're going to try to attack them in the air. That defense is going to be problematic for them. And I think Dalvin Cook, if he does, is going to hit him on some screen passes rather than just running up the gaps. Austin Eckler, we're trying some different things here. I usually am a more than guy. And uh, now I'm Kevin Durant tonight with Taco Tuesday. Oh. Got it in on time, 20 and a five and a half. I told you, we're going to find out if Taco Tuesday is a oh, dupe. She should be fine with that, yeah. And then Harrison Barnes. I don't know anything. I know he used to play. He's a Carolina boy, yeah. Yep, and he used to play for the um, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so prize picks. Use the promo code C3. Not only uh, do we love them, but they are the first sponsor, guys. That straight up contacted us, said, we love your podcast. We think we fit great. And they didn't say, oh, we're only going to sponsor you based on affiliates if you get someone to sign right. up. I said, I'm tired of that mess. I'm tired of people saying, because look, it's people's money. is like, that's just free advertisement, affiliate stuff only. They paid us. They believed in us enough to pay us up front. Our first real, true, honest to God sponsor. And I can't have a better one. I can't stop playing prize picks. It's phenomenally fun, even though it's difficult at times to win. All you got to do is win once, though, and it gets you four or five plays for free. So I've had, I think we can do this. Look at this. We can actually look at my, see if it will tell us. I wish we could do wins. See, entries one. This is oof. Oof. Mm. Uh look, I got some uh let's see I won Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray one week, Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, Lamar Jackson one week. Ooh, Nick Chubb. This one, uh, that was a flex. Gotta do they got Friday flex picks. So look for them on Taco Tuesday, Flex Fly Fridays. I've actually had some good luck with basketball, and I know nothing about basketball. Uh, so prize picks. Use the promo code C3. Let us keep sponsors rocking and rolling. Don't forget you can support the C3 Panthers podcast by not only supporting our sponsors, but subscribing to the podcast, checking us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Smash that thumbs up button. Call into the show at 252-228-5098. We're on our way to 5,000 subscribers, folks. We love that. And, again, we're going to be holding. We're kind of uh, working in collaboration with the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. You can find the link pinned in the YouTube chat as well as in the show description. We're going to be trying to raise some money for fan, like uniting fans and supporting community together. In the holiday times, it's the beginning of a C3 tradition. Greg's idea to say, we got to do something during the bye week. and We need to do something not for us, but for someone else. Yep. So we are going to give back, and this is going to be our go-to bye week charity fundraiser every year. Cody, let's go to the next topic. Let's do that. And the next topic has been something that has been heavily on the minds and tongues of Panther fans everywhere. And really not just Panther fans. Uh, I mean, if we're being real, NFL fans and NFL players in general. And it's this turf versus grass um, discussion and debate that that we've been having. 
and it bears uh, repeating that the players do not like, I repeat, do not like playing on turf. Now, we have recounted all the reasons why David Tepper wants the turf. You know, he famously brought music back to Charlotte, so it's easier to repurpose Bank of America Stadium for concerts and things of that nature. Um, But first and foremost, David Tepper bought a football team. He is the NFL owner of the Carolina Panthers. And I just, I, I have to say that he is failing his football team by continuing to insist upon this turf. Uh, P.J. Walker, who is now suffering another high ankle sprain, uh, which would be now the third quarterback injury this year that has come to the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, In this uh, Joe Pershing article, P.J. Walker is quoted as saying, do I think the league should go to more grass fields? Absolutely. I think it just helps the body more. A lot of guys appreciate the fact that we get out there on Sundays and run around on the grass. It's just more healthy on the body, the joints, the bones. All those things matter, especially if you want to continue to play for a long time in this league. Uh, Brian Burns, in the same article, uh, said, I hate the turf. Wears down on your joints. It doesn't give any. When you fall, that shit just hurts, said Burns. There have been so many concussions just from people's heads getting slammed into the turf. Um, This has been a a big issue that continues to be an issue. And, I mean, what do we even do at this point? Are we shouting into the void for no one else to hear us? Hey, David Tepper, you're hurting your own football team by going with this artificial turf that none of your players want to play on. It's absolutely absurd to me. Um, And I, I, I don't know why David Tepper is continuing to be so stubborn about this and not going back to the grass. This is Shaq Thompson who tweeted this out. No one knows the beatings our bodies take when playing on turf fields more than us. How many injuries before the league opens their eyes? Hashtag safer fields. Um, and really what's kind of crazy is a lot of the things what's wild is for so long, we've just com- we complained and complained about Jerry Richardson as not really as being an absentee owner, uh, as, uh, kind of being so conservative when it came to the field logo, you know, and then Tepper comes in, changes the field logo and where they get so hyped. The irony is over the last year, the conversation shifted back to a lot of people say we want Richardson back, but here is the toast of the town that was gorgeous about bank of america and why he wanted an open air stadium is because he a former player was really proud of that grass field you go you went on a a tour of the stadium they would let you go in the press box they let you go all around the stadium they take you down to the field and they don't let you walk on out on it you get to walk to the right out of where the players come out or where you can where like some people come on and they would never let anybody on the field in the off season, right? Not even small groups of people. It was the toast of the NFL and really kind of bizarre CK that not only, I mean, David Tepper comes in and pulls, puts this turf in because he wants to keep bank of America 
an event place going on all year and be able to have events like a day before a game right. so he could have the Garth Books concert on Friday and then have be ready for a game on Sunday. And the soccer team, too. But what we even saw, though, is that the soccer unions or whatever, some clubs have agreements where they only can play on grass fields and the Panthers played, I think it was Chelsea. They played two teams maybe this season where they had to roll out uh, grass, temporary grass fields. Right. It's so kind of bizarre. You've, you've already had to do it. It, it, it just, it absolutely yeah. makes no sense to me, man. Uh, yeah, Greg, no. I think you were going to say something in your microphone was muted or, or CK, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, was, I was just going to say that uh, real quick. I was going to say, I really want to save him a lot of money. Like I'm concerned with saving David Tepper. Yeah, so that makes sense. Let's make sure it's that. Go ahead, yeah. So my, my, so it's interesting. Are, are you guys aware of how many teams in the NFL have grass fields? Um, 16. I don't think it's a lot. Oh, it's half, half, half the, the entire NFL. Who are one they? Of, Green Bay, uh, maybe. One no. of them is actually yeah. the new Las Vegas Raiders stadium that was just built. And really? they made the decision to put Bermuda grass in their, in their stadium because I think that they realize that, right? Um, I think that you're making this a less value, like less of a attractive destination, meaning that you're guaranteed to play eight to nine games on on turf, and then probably another half of the other games. So you're you're essentially guaranteeing you're paying playing seventy five percent of your entire NFL career as a starter, or, or it, it, you know in in the NFL regular season on turf grass. Um, and, and so I, I agree. I think that, uh, wholeheartedly, I think it mark my words by the, in the off season, knowing how David Tepper is, seems to really care about what the public thinks about him because he's clearly watching social media and how often do we have these conversations? And then the very next week or the next off season, they're, they're making that change. Um, I think that if he wants to keep this as an attractive destination for free agents, um, for people to continue to stay uh, signed on here, I think he's going to need to make that change because um, these guys are starting to become smarter. They're beca- they're starting to become more aware of what's hurting their bodies and their careers in the long long term. And and now we've got three quarterbacks that have had high ankle sprains. We have a starting cornerback that has had a uh, a torn or a ruptured whatever it is uh, Achilles that yeah. has caused him to have season ending. Uh, surgery, yeah, season-ending surgery, um, and then you've got, uh, and I don't know where Chin got hurt. I feel like it was at home, but he got hurt. There's been a lot of lower body injuries, whether it be quads or hammies or calves or whatever have you. I, I think at, at this point in time, it's too when you have everybody, every team, every player for the most part talking about how important it is to have uh, grass fields. Um, I think it's hard not to listen to those guys. Now, when you're talking about a rainy, rainy game like we had, turf beats the the grass field all day, every day. Um, not if it's designed well. You know, is that was one of the things? Is the is this is not Soldier Field? Who is? I bet you they're one of the grass fields. That was like that's like a seventy year old. I mean, I don't know. Is they everybody? Every player says that place is a complete dump. But the Panthers field was like the drainage on that was like incredible like it really was yeah. like a top of the line grass yeah. field um but i mean yeah is that it's really too is that the, i guess the one time the only times i ever saw bank of america maybe 
a little look rough under the grass is when they had a college game the day before on a Saturday yeah. and it was a rainy weekend and you had a college game and then uh, the pro game on Sunday. Uh, I just don't know if any of this really matters though, is that I, unless the players are going to just demand it in the union well, and it's just so hard because these stadiums, I don't know. Is that like, really, is that if, how is how is an owner going to pitch it to a community to, to throw in on a stadium, which every single one of them want to do, right? It's like, there's only maybe Dan Schneider was the last or Dan Schneider owns that stadium mm -hmm. FedEx field, which was top of the line, state of the art, like 30 years ago, oh, but, uh, which is crazy. I still find it wild that a stadium is considered antiquated after 25 years, like where oh, they're yeah. like, we need, I just, I don't get it because like, you don't, well, look, you don't just say it, but like my house, I mean, people live in houses that are 70 years old. I mean, I don't, it's, to me, it's beyond a house bizarre. though. What else, do, what else do you use that you used 25 years ago? Well, but hold on. But there to, are very to, few things, you know? Yeah. To, to add to this conversation though, um, citing statistically higher in game injury rates involving non-contact, and lower extremity injuries. NFL Player Association President J.C. Treasure said Saturday the union wants the slit film surfaces removed at six venues. New Orleans, New York, that's the Jets and Giants, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Um, now, All older fields, maybe? Well, one is, and then the New York one's interesting because that one's the smart one because... Well, there's a game played there every weekend. Yeah, and um, the the uh, the at Bank of America Stadium, they, they have uh, a, a blend. It's not as bad as some of the others uh, because the Panthers have a hybrid surface that combines uh, monofilament fibers with slit film fibers, different from the entire slit film uh, turf the NFLPA is targeting. However, uh, Austin Corbett, offensive lineman, went on to say that no matter what kind of turf you're playing on, it's still harder on your body, saying you can talk to coaches, trainers, other staff that are just standing on the turf of the whole game, and their joints are feeling it after the game, uh, said Corbett, the Panthers union representative. It's just harder. There's not as much cushion. So yeah. even though ours, I know you're about to be sucked being tackled on that shit. Oh, right? absolutely! Yeah. And, and the final, yeah. and the final bit to add to this, uh, Panthers receiver DJ Moore said he and other veteran players have met with David Tepper during training camp this year, and again during the season to let the hedge fund manager know that they preferred to play on grass. DJ said we brought it up a few times, but at the end of the day, he made the call. Moore said, so we can only put our input in. And hopefully he hears, he usually does hear us out on things. So not only do, is it known by fans, but the Panthers players have gone to David Tepper themselves and let them know that they have an issue with playing on turf. Mm -hmm. So well, unfortunately, this is not the type of grass that the players union is going to go to bat for. You know, when the players union goes, to I don't think they have the right. ammunition to, I don't think the union but, is yeah. anywhere strong enough to muscle uh billionaire owners with stadiums that 
they're trying to pitch to communities being uh, economic boosters and drivers. If you can't use that stadium like all day, every day, how do you pitch the economic driver factor of what an NFL team does for whatever, which there are studies that say, look, is David Tepper's going to come in and say, oh, look how we brought you music. Charlotte never heard music before until David Tepper got there. Or um, he talks about how they save restaurants during the pandemic, which is also kind of crazy as poor billionaire. But this, the argument that owners do when they ask for um, state tax funding of an assistance in building these stadiums is like, Hey, we bring economic growth. And if you are, if you have a stadium that just can't be used as frequently for non-football events, how do you pitch that economic component, which some people think is overblown period anyway, that they don't think that the tax dollars uh, are recouped as well as the owners want you to believe. And we know David Tepper is pushing or wants a new stadium. Uh, is there any way in this world, in this world of technology, where we could have some sort of like floating, uh, Dude, the Cardinal. something the on top of Dal it, Dallas like where they that. a retractable, a retractable field? So, by yeah. the way, if you look at soccer stadiums in the UK, they build them in levels. So they they have like a, a level for uh, concerts and events. And then they have their grass football field. And it's literally like you can switch them out for one another. Um, also, if you look at the Cardinals stadium where they play, they grow the grass outdoors and then they roll the grass into the stadium come game time. But that so, can't be as normal. It can't be as good of grass. I feel like you should be able to have some sort of floating floor that could be retracted. Well, that's like what could they be temporarily put out on top of it where it's not like on the grass smashing it. You have the event and then you pull it back. There's got to be a technology that something. you can do that. Yeah. I don't know. So, hey, I wanted to ask while we're talking about this turf and we're talking about the injuries. Uh, I don't know. Now, I may have mentioned this before. I was taking a lot of notes. Do Can we attribute Matt Corral's injury to this? That was in uh, New England. Okay. Oh, are they they're grass field? Nope. I think they're turf. Really? Okay. Well, oh, uh, do you do you have the list of uh, grass fields? I'd be interested to see. Yeah. So you have. So if we go back to New England, New England is field turf. Um, New Orleans is field turf. Um, some of these are weird. There's like New York Giants is called UBU Sports Speed Series S five M. Clearly, they are in the they're in the union's uh, complaint, so yeah. they don't like it. Who is this? Um, the Jets and the oh uh, yeah yeah I mean they, remember they had that weekend where there were like six ACL tears in one weekend, yep, yep by, like two grand. years ago that was when who was the guy that you liked uh, Solomon Thomas is that his name uh, for the 49ers a few years ago defensive tackle yeah, they yeah all there was like that. three and a half one half so they have and, and this is no surprise when you think about some of these guys being rushing teams and and whatnot so you have Washington. You have Tennessee, uh, you have the Bucks, um, you have San Francisco, um, you have Pittsburgh. Uh, the Eagles is called Deso Grassmaster. I'm assuming that means uh, turf, but I don't know. Um, 
the let's see the the vikings are also turf um the dolphins are grass uh the rams and chargers share the same turf um the raiders are bermuda grass kansas city chiefs are, are grass jacksonville jaguars are grass the colts are not obviously we already talked about them um houston texans are turf uh green bay is also potentially turf deso Grassmaster, similar to one of the ones i said a second ago that's a hybrid. I just looked it up. It okay. is part uh, natural grass, part artificial fibers. Um, lions are turf. The Broncos are blue gra- or, or, or grass, so Kentucky bluegrass. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are Hellas, Hellas, Hellas Matrix turf. Um, bluegrass in, uh, in Cleveland. Cincinnati is turf. The Bears is grass. Ours is turf. Um, turf in Buffalo. Baltimore Ravens is grass. Um, Atlanta Falcons is uh, turf, and the Cardinals are grass. Um, I don't know. It's just like there's got to be. Uh, I think the oh, Michael Davis. Right. Look, Michael Davis said this. Would you like an engineer's perspective on this? Absolutely, yes, we would. Mike. You can call in at 252-228-5098. Tell us, or you can even tell us in the chat. We'll definitely... Uh, fo- we'll definitely highlight. You know what? We want Michael Davis's input. Period. Patron yeah. saint. Oh, Michael Davis. Yeah, like dude. you can yeah. you could call up and talk about like your family <laughs> and whatever. We're gonna listen. Um, I want to hear about how Michael Davis's day is going. Like how about I know? I know. Is, <laughs> uh, you have for breakfast, I, Michael? <laughs> yeah. And also, can I highlight um, from Graves? He said this is literally the best podcast I've ever watched football wise. We appreciate you, Graves. Thanks so much. Hit that like, subscribe, and notification bell, man, if you enjoy the content. Happy to have you a part of the C3 Panther Podcast family, man. Uh, I did want to put this out. I sent, and this was the last minute I ran. Oh, um, actually, you know what? Do we have any more topics? I got one more. I want to, I want, in fact, have we, did we ever get a poll up on uh, Dante Foreman? don't Don't I always do what you tell me, Tony? So with ninety-seven with ninety-seven votes, who's a better rusher of the football, Dante Foreman or Christian McCaffrey? Fifty-seven percent say Dante Foreman is the better rusher uh, between the two. Let's go on the thumbnail. So, <laughs> oh my gosh so, so i mean yeah tony I we just went so. from the best football podcast to the worst just like that <laughs> hey man blame your fans they're uh they're not on your side with this one but uh, uh all I mean, right yeah, i got was, another poll for you to put up uh it do was we have like a, 50 50 most of the time though um this is the poll before we're gonna get to this poll and this question after the cat calls tonight so we're gonna give people should jc horn make the pro bowl um, or, oh i don't i don't think so yet Why? i don't think there's been I'll no, put he's, it up. he's missed too many well i I'm think he's missed right a couple now, of games and i don't i think um we're not good enough that's i don't think he's had it yeah Agreed. that's Agreed. again yeah that right there um <clears throat> Should uh, well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about it later. I didn't want to get into it now. Uh, should JC Horn um, make the Pro Bowl? And go ahead and vote in that poll while we're going to do the cat calls and take on these other topics. But I'd also like: is there anybody else on this team that you believe should be eligible 
Derek Brown. Mm. Derek Brown. Mm-hmm. Icky Aquanu. I think Icky deserves at least a conscious, oh. at least discussion. Uh, Al- yeah. Austin Corbett. Yeah. Played every game. Never okay. heard his name called all year. So he's, um, got, he's the highest rated Panther player, uh, PFF, through the first 10 weeks. Wow. In fact, if we you're listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast later on, I know, look, is that there's such a lively conversation um, in the YouTube chat that's live all the time. But there are a ton of people that come back and watch these podcasts uh, on YouTube, listen to them on uh, their podcast catcher. Yeah. Tell us in the comments, should JC Horn make the Pro Bowl? Who should, who else should make the Pro Bowl? That's a good way to stack some comments in a mm-hmm. conversation. And that helps us crush that algorithm. It helps us uh, continue to develop that sense of community. And we don't want it just exclusive to people who can tune in on Tuesday nights. But good news, you can tune on Wednesday nights for the Beat Check tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Daniel Wilcox, former uh, Ravens tight end and Super Bowl champion, going to help us preview this Ravens matchup. On Friday, we got the free-for-all. On Saturday, we've got... The Madden simulation. On Sunday, we got the post game. And on every day that's got the why, we're putting up clips. We're putting up everything. We're killing this game, Cody. What's next? Hey, man, listen. Uh, we, we really don't have any other segments. I would say let's do some cat calls. Let's go. But, I'm ready. But, but, but before we do, we got to hear from our man, Michael Davis, who did respond to us um, when it comes to the stadiums. He said, so stadiums are ultimately ponds in the sense that you would look at the sediment pond on a grading and drainage plan. That being said, underground drainage capacity is limited by the surrounding infrastructure. That location in particular for Bank of America is served by inadequate storm water systems. Hmm. So, oh, well, damn, man, you know what? Michael Davis, I hope David Tepper is listening. That's his dream to hear. He needs a new stadium somewhere else. Uh, Did you see that him and Rock Hill are uh, about to reach an agreement? $20 million. Well, it's not him. It's his uh, bankrupt company. Okay. And it looks like they're going to have to, they're going to potentially shell over. $20 $20 million and refund Rock Hill, which is wild. Wow. Well, you might as well. So yeah, everybody wins? Well, it's everybody wins because basically what this does is it allows nobody to ha- be able to ask questions about who was wrong and who was right in this scenario. So no, so all the billionaires get saved. Like all everybody who is, has a ton of money uh, loses nothing. I mean, Wait, at some point, David we're going to have to talk about... No, because these billionaires, well, any of these big companies always win in bankruptcy somehow. Look, Donald Trump has filed bankruptcy like 30 times, I feel like. I saw a picture of 50 Cent. He got in trouble when he was going through bankruptcy court or something. And uh, he was taking pictures of all this cash. And he was explaining how you're reshuffling your debt and you that you can temporarily take cash out and put it back in. So these pictures weren't contradictory to his claim. Look at what Elon Musk is already putting Mm -hmm. out there. Twitter could be filing bankruptcy next year and stick around. If you want to hear an ice up pick, Twitter wants to be a bank now free 
penicillin for everybody? This has turned into a nightmare in so many ways. Maybe we but, spoke too soon on Elon. <laughs> or maybe. maybe it's exactly what he wanted. And this is just generating publicity, interaction. Who knows? Uh, These guys are wild. The whole Twitter thing has been wild. But it's all people talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bring back Donald Trump onto Twitter. That's the only thing that can make it more <laughs> people more talking about Twitter <laughs> right now. Cody, let's go get into some cat calls. Oh, let do it. Oh, let do it. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Why aren't you playing, baby? Play. Play. Okay. No, no, my boy Baker oh, Mayfield is. is back as the starting QB. Hey, you might want to restart it. Okay. And I honestly, I feel less confident. This is Anthony. Yep. Okay. What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Just calling in, saying what's up. Um, my boy Baker Mayfield. He's back as the starting QB, and I honestly, I feel less confident than with TJ. Come on, crazy Anthony, to stay say, with us. We got a tough game. Lamar is a good quarterback. Another AFC North opponent. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, very interesting season. Uh, right now we still have the third pick in the draft, which is kind of crazy to me. Even with us winning, you know, still the third pick in the draft. So we're still slated to get a top pick in my opinion. But, you know, we could lose, we could win some games we're not supposed to on paper. You never know what's happening. But, you know, that's the life of being a Panthers fan. We really never know until – we really never know. I mean, you really never know how the season's going to turn out. Right. I remember there's a shit ton of people in 2015 who were saying the Panthers are going to be a bottom-dweller team. So you get what I'm saying. Realistically, anything can happen. And obviously, I want my Carolina Panthers to be a winning football team. I just uh, – Bryce Young is – He's a gingerbread man, okay? He is a gingerbread man, and that's what the Bama boys call him. I got some friends that go to Alabama. <laughs> they love the gingerbread man. But he's my QB1. But listen, Baker Mayfield, I'm still cheering for you, brother. Even though you go around beating people with your head like some crazy maniac, okay? Keep motherfucking pounding C3. You already know the vibes. Anthony from Charlotte, peace out. Hey, Anthony from Charlotte. It's funny how things change. You know, like he was right. one of Baker's biggest supporters, and he's still a fan of Baker, but um, I think the sample size that we already saw of Baker just doesn't inspire much confidence. 
Um, it'd be different. It'd be different if that was one game. We saw it through way too many. We said, "I'll get I, you know," and that's I'm. I you go back and give me the receipts all you want. I said specifically that he will have an opportunity. I will give him the benefit of the doubt for three weeks, uh, and that should more than make up for what he lost with regard to uh, time with his uh, with his uh, starters and, and training camp fighting for the starting job. Um, and and unfortunately, it. It's been very much uh, a, a failed experiment. Um, it's something that is is unfortunate, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're dealing with it, and, and um, I don't know that the thing that's interesting is I could see him coming in here and blowing it up. I could see him coming when it's, in here. When it doesn't matter anymore. When it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I could see him coming in here throwing five touchdown passes and beating the Ravens. I could see it happening. And then you're like, oh, my God, maybe there was more to it. Who knows? No, I'm not even going to say that because we've seen this story play out in the Browns, right? We were hoping we were going to at least get the 50-50 Baker Mayfield. We got, like, the 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 bottom 5% of every one of his games he's ever played were the only games he's played for the Panthers. Like, we've play, we've gotten the bottom five performances he's ever done. Like if you look at the statistically speaking, we've got his worst games as as a quarterback in the NFL as a Carolina Panther. That's what we've gotten from him. So we haven't even gotten the middle of the pack, the you know coming in here and there's a 50-50 chance he's going to blow it up, and there's a 50-50 chance he's going to lose you the game because of a stupid pick, right? We didn't get that. We got the 100% chance Baker Mayfield was the problem, and now we're you know way so I. I could see him coming in here and I could see him winning out for the rest of the game. If he wins this, if he comes in, blows it out of the water, he's going to be the starter. And I can see him having really good games. I am not in the business of saying, let's go ahead and put Baker on this team as the starter next year, maybe to, to be, you know, a backup, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the inconsistent quarterback play. Now, the other question mark people are going to have to ask is, how much of was his shoulder surgery an impact uh, in the fact that he maybe maybe that was a part of the reason his uh, he was slow to start the year because it certainly wasn't the even even the worst fan of Baker as a Brown didn't sell us this Baker Mayfield that we got. Um, I think I think this is I just uh, look is that the internet wants to be full of gotcha culture right, right now where it's like we told you i was right they're gonna go back and do all these different things sure. but look you can't it's and this is goes for the same uh for us with sam darnold um maybe <clears throat> it was not the case with teddy bridgewater just because we were or i was so salty when it just came from not having cam so for me it was like i don't care who it was it wasn't cam so i wasn't going to be happy but like you can't help but want to hope that these things worked you know, and I think that, like, for a lot of us, is no one else was really advocating for Baker Mayfield to be the trade and the guy. But when it happened, we were like, man, maybe this could actually work. I think the scarier thing about all this is just to see we could have picked Justin Fields. We could have picked Justin Fields. And I'm not ready to anybody, though, man. Right, They're right. But I know. I mean, we that. had the chance. We were there. We were all screaming Justin Fields on the draft party. Yeah, and then that. they come out and get J.C. Horn. Now, mm -hmm. I don't want to overdo the Justin Fields just yet because yeah. it has just like we don't want to be too recency biased. He's had three good games in a row and not just go all of a sudden we could he we could have been so different. 
but Justin feels they finally are letting this guy do everything. They're and he's starting to feel it. Uh, maybe that was my fantasy team, by. Oh God, I got smoked by a guy who had him forty-four points. How about this? Just a little update here. I'm going to refresh this page real quick. Greg, you're like this. Harrison Barters right now is two for four. Uh, he's got one three-pointer. He's got two free throws. He's got. Is this right? He's already got four rebounds. Holy cow. Let me see this. I'm refreshing my page. He's already at 12 of 17 and a half, baby. And it's like four minutes in. Kevin Durant's at 12 points. I'm halfway there, baby. Prize picks it down. You just need to do nothing but bet NBA. Stop betting football. I'm telling you, the NBA, NBA is so much dance. easier to bet on the NFL on, on uh, and FanDuel. I do so much better in the NBA than I do in the Well, NFL. you should do it on prize picks, Greg. You got a prize pick. And my friend, who is yeah. a big NFL guy, says the same thing, is that NBA is where he's made lots of money. I just don't want to have to start watching the NBA. Right. You don't really have to, man. I mean, look. You just watch things, this, the, the, the bet, highlights. Bet on lines anyway. Yeah, like, but you just got to watch the high. I mean, you got to kind of know something. Like, kinda, I'm taking yeah. stats. I actually won a couple of of these prize picks, and I've just put money on people I had no I was just like, you know what? I've heard his name. He's a guard. 12 points. I think he can do it. Boom. Uh, random luck. You know what? A broke clock is That's, right twice a day. Yeah. And I tell you this is this clock has been broke on the NFL, but this clock going to be catching that. Oh, I better be quiet. I better be quiet. Uh, Kevin Durant, <laughs> 12 points already. Harrison Barnes already at 12 of 17 and a half in his points, assists, rebounds category. I like that points, assists, rebounds. You got to be careful. That number gets up quick in a hurry for a lot of different players. The numbers 252-228-5098. Will Baker cook against the Ravens or will Baker get burnt? Does he Baker? Does the, are we back to being Baker bottoms? If he break. Okay. Well, that was easy. That was That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, I, I did your sound for anybody. He's a fool, and don't I know it? They're talking about no, me. Look, no, we, we we do an injustice if he comes in here in the next three or four games and he is lighting it up. It is an injustice for us not to pull for him. We have the right to change our opinion on players like this whenever the information given to us has changed. Definitely, that's always, that's always the thing. So, right. so if he comes in here and does really, really well. Then yeah, I'll are you talking? Are you going to re-sign him? If well, th- I don't know. I'm not saying that. Because hey, he does actually, you might be, ha- you might have down. to have that conversation. You might have to if yeah. he does play well. If he's willing to take a hell of a pay to. cut, fuck yeah. I mean, well, he's that? already taken one. He's not. He's not going to take a huge pay cut. He's going to want to get paid like a star. Oh, I don't know if he's played well hey, enough hey, to hey, get. Greg, how about this? How about this, Greg? Y'all might think I'm crazy. If he's going to demand like a big contract. There's almost nothing Baker Mayfield could do to make me want to give him a new contract. But who the hell is going to give it to him, though? Like, he might be able to say that all he wants. But guess what? It's right now. He's on the precipice of not playing next year. You know? So, like, I mean, like, what kind of demands is Baker Mayfield going to be able to make? I don't even care if he has a great – if he goes and beats the Ravens and has a very good season to the end of the year. I don't think he really has a lot of leverage on a team – and I think this is where the Panthers need to be cautious. 
No multi-year deals, man. Right. None of that. I would rather pay him close to starting money or any guy for one year than I would to be like, and again, that was the mistake on Teddy Bridgewater was not Teddy Bridgewater, but the length and the amount of the contract. So it's just better for if it doesn't work for you able to wash your hands of it and it not be sticking around for years in the future. The number's 252-228-5098. Will Baker cook? Will those Baker buns be burnt? What if he is good? Will you be a Baker bottom? And could the Panthers actually be interested in re-signing Baker Mayfield? Sounds so absurd, even coming out of my mouth. But you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah. Next call. You know what I say about what ifs. I ain't your uncle. I ain't your aunt. I ain't none of that. That is me, C-Dawg, 1983. Anytime you come in here, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Now, I'm sorry, I'm ready to sort of speak like I always do. I was very excited about the win last night. I just felt like uh, we should have tried to score a touchdown before halftime instead of kicking the field goal. Then even after halftime, we just run the ball too much. Like, throw the ball, get DJ more, to get at least 10 targets a game, period. I, I know you won't grab him. I know you won't grab him on the ball. DJ Moore need to get 10 touches a game, period. He need 10 targets. Besides that, the division's still open. You know, saying we like 3-1 and one in the division. We can beat the Bucks again. We can beat the Saints. <clears throat> and uh, who else we got to play in the division? Then that's it. We split with the Falcons, you know. Uh, the only tough game probably won't be the Seahawks. But we should be able to beat Pittsburgh, and we should be able to beat uh, just about anybody else up on the schedule, man, including Denver. Because Denver ain't looking too tough, you know, this year. But, uh, man, shout out to G. David the GOAT. Shout out for all these uh, fake-ass fans that want to tank. Ain't nobody tanking. We're trying to win every fucking game. And uh, so I got them, uh, Derek Brown and, and Terrence, TMJ, Terrence Marston Jr. Yeah. The Derek Brown has been fucking balling these last fucking couple of games. Terrence Marston Jr., like, what the fuck was this at last year in this season? Like, you know, what the fuck Matt Rule was thinking about not playing this young bull, you know. And, you know, Dante Jackson is gone for the year. I'm not really mad about that. I feel like we overpaid him. And it's, 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 it's undersized. So I think the secondary is going to play better without Dante Jackson and Chan coming back next week. So we will see. But anyways, great show as always. Make sure when you come in here, uh, hit the like button, subscribe, keep pounding. Everybody have a great fucking night. Keep pounding, guys. Pound. Hell yeah. Sure. Sea Dog coming in after the post game show. Want to get that call in. Don't forget, guys, we're here after every game. Have live reacting. We're not live. Well, yeah, we are live reacting because we're here right now. We're live reacting right now. But right after every game, you can join us for the C3 Panthers post game show. Uh, and that was a call from the Thursday night. The show went pretty late into the evening, but a happy show there. Sea Dog makes a lot of cool points uh, about Derek Brown, Terrace Marshall Jr. We've touched on. One thing I want to get to before we move on in that call 
is that that happened before the Bucks went to Germany and won against the Seattle Seahawks. Got that wrong in my pick'em. Hmm. And uh, the 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 idea is this though is that the Buccaneers have won two in a row now. Um, they have they beat the Rams at the last second. Wow. They beat the Seahawks. They have moved now to five and five. They're not dead. They could be no. getting healthier. Is this division really available to the Carolina Panthers? You do get the Bucks one more time, so you can make a dent in that. But you got a tough couple of teams ahead. You've got the Ravens this week, which I really, I mean, I think that's a far cry that we really beat that team. I'm sorry. Is that if if we do, it's kind of like a miracle magic. I mean, you're thinking, see what we look like against Cincy. I just don't want to be overjoyed because we beat the Falcons twice. All right. We actually, we didn't beat the Falcons twice. We beat the Falcons once, but played two games well against the Falcons. Let's not get full of ourselves just yet. Um, I love I'll give you this to make you feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, we might have a couple of hard games coming up, but I'll tell you what, the Buccaneers' next game is the 27th. They're on a bye week this week, okay? Okay. The next game they have is going to be the Browns with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Oh, is he back this week right now? Is he coming back this week? That's that's He's, the, uh-huh. if I'm recalling, it's week 11, so... Um, yeah. He got he got a Lester man for, back at the hill and dude Wait. and is playing in Houston. You could not write that any better, dude. It's I'm sure it's play, it, that was on purpose. That's why that <laughs> so, was gonna let. Yeah, I'm sure. So, but on top of that, they then go uh, a couple of weeks on December 11th. They pay they play the 49ers, who will destroy them. Um. They, I it, listen. I they, you can, you can talk about the 49ers all you want, but when you look at the fact that they how the how the Bucks played us, our run game destroyed them, right? Uh, it, it, talk about the 49ers. They're going to go in there and they have a good defense. They they have Bosa back and and healthy. Um, those guys they're going to have. A, I think I'm predicting that to be a loss, and it's going to be a, a pretty big one. Um, I th- and then they go to uh, face the Bengals the next week who will have Jamar chase back. Okay. So I'm saying out of their next four games, they're going to win. They're going to lose three out of those four games because they're going to, they are going to be facing the saints. The final two games are going to be the Cardinals and the Panthers. And so I really honestly believe our last game of the season is going to be against the bucks. If in fact, this game against Baltimore looks competitive, or even if how we win that game, that game at the end of the year is going to decide the division. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, just because we absolutely have to highlight this. Patron Michael say. Davis, the freaking man. Engineer with, aficionado. With the, with the $35 mm. love bomb says, all I have to say is keep pounding. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, uh, he, he told me that I didn't have to read it all. But I, I, I love, tell you, I, dude. I love, dude, I love listening to people who have an expertise and and like one thing or another people that really know their craft i enjoy people talking about it so and not just they, us talking about a stadium in general terms now we get some like real insight into some of the challenges of and, having uh yeah. this type of infrastructure in and it's the city of charlotte that, and it's great that on the night that we're talking about this we have an actual engineer who can shine some light on it so um real quick just to to read the last one uh, that being said, the underground drainage capacity is limited, 
limited by the surrounding infrastructure that that uh, location in particular for BOA is served by inadequate storm water systems. As such, it makes it difficult to maintain permanent vegetation at such a negative elevation in comparison to surrounding finished grades. Um, he said, in other words, locally, the field at Bank of America is below sea level. And as such, they had to implement a solution that wasn't so impacted by the local environment. The mix of microfibers in the field is, uh, is certainly an issue. Microfibers are used typically in non-conventional concrete reinforcement as a low viscosity sub, uh, sub for deformed steel reinforcement. As such, the surface tension of the microfiber is reduced by direct comparison to natural fibers and even other synthetic polymers typically used in finished surfaces. David Tepper was misled for sure. I need wow. some interpretation on mm, that, yeah. actually, that looks like because I but... thought that with the way the comments were going is or his assessment was that it's difficult to have natural oh. grass. And then uh, the idea then is that uh, this mixed blend is also difficult. And my final question, Michael, is like, how were we so successful in keeping that field if it was? And probably has something to do with the growth of Charlotte, I would think. Well, but but he also pressure on the infrastructure demands. Well, he also mentions that those same macrofibers are are used uh, typically in non-conventional concrete reinforcement. So to reinforce concrete. So it, it, it would make sense that if you're a player and you're playing on it and you're falling all over it, it might be a, a you know a, a sustainable surface, but notably a lot harder when you're actually feeling it because a lot of those materials are made to reinforce. That was my interpretation of that. Again, Michael is the expert here. And yeah, we're going to have to get him on the show one time, maybe, maybe talk about this stuff and he can kind of break it down in layman's terms for us. But thank you, Michael. Uh, that was a fantastic insight. Um, where were we at, Tony? We were talking about... Um, uh, uh, we were going to the next call. All right, let's do that. Was, yep. <clears throat> What's going oh, on, guys? It's uh, Tyler here. I uh, hope you guys are having a great night. Uh, with uh, regards to Baker starting, uh, especially against the Ravens, it doesn't matter who's going to start. We're going to get beat. Uh, I don't have confidence in PJ, Sam, or Baker, uh, you know, especially against this team. Uh, I would expect it would not be surprised if this turns into another Cincinnati game where we just get demolished, especially in Baltimore. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the pieces that I think will be uh, staying with us moving forward with the you know, Deontay Foreman, uh, Terrace Marshall. Uh, just seeing those people grow and develop in, because I believe those are the people that are going to be part of the, you know, for our future. Uh, but again, Baker starting. I, I, it sucks for PJ. I wanted him to really finish the whole season out and just play w well. Um, so we did have to see Baker. And I truly believe even if Baker does decent, I don't think he's going to stay. I think uh, they're going to have Sam play a little bit. Uh, they may even do like Baker first half, Sam second half, especially if Baker doesn't play that well. Um, but. 
they're not going to let him play, especially if he does okay. They're going to allow, allow him to keep starting and develop that fifth-round pick into a fourth-round pick. This is not going to happen. So, uh, But looking forward to see, like, how the uh, – you know, does uh, Brian Burns continue to play well and, uh, uh, you know, warrant the money that we're going to give him, big contract, and, uh, you know, because a lot of people are saying that they wanted us to trade him Who's gonna uh, and get two first-round picks. You know, you got to make sure you hit those picks or else the, that trade is garbage. So, people, but anyways, uh, hope you guys have a good night. Uh, we're going to enjoy this long long season ahead keep pounding guys you have a great one talk to you later keep pounding uh good stuff good stuff let's keep going through with the calls the numbers 252-228-5098 michael davis said simple interpretation natural is best but the field has underground drains that feed into stormwater systems that are beyond full capacity it's like a clogged toilet and I know that that was one of the things is that the Panthers Bank of America had a lot of like it was like they were saying impressive drainage. I wonder if the growth of Charlotte and the growth of the city and the infrastructure is actually continue to put pressure on like that existing infrastructure. Um, so those are the challenges that are beyond just like, hey, roll out grass. Hey, right. yeah. roll out, you know, is that uh, you have to think about how does it actually work and does it like not only does it get the clogged toilet, but when you plunge that clogged toilet, does it screw up other people's toilets in other rooms, <laughs> uh, you know, by pushing water, you know, um, you know, un not unnecessarily, but, you know, it's like, how can these fast growing areas deal with that growth? And we're even seeing that in a stadium type scenario, 252-228-5098. Hello, guys. Hello, C3. It's JJ. All right, I'm about to get this off my chest with this whole Matt Corral, Bryce Young thing. This guy, Cody, is it's outrageous at this point. It's really outrageous and just blind faith he wants to have in our franchise and Matt Corral. But there was a few things he said in the previous podcast, at least the last two or something like that, that were just so mind-blowing to me, I had to say. So the first thing was he compared Matt Corral to Jalen Hurts, okay? And he compared them because they were both not first-round pick quarterbacks with a lot of downsides to them, a lot of critique, a lot of that kind of shit. Which but what true. he failed to realize was Jalen Hurts also played for Alabama and Oklahoma when he didn't want to draft Bryce Young because he plays for Alabama. Because he said, oh, Alabama has all this talent, this and that, but Matt Corral didn't have that shit out Newsflash. This is the least talented Alabama team we've seen in, like, the past fucking decade. But not just that. That argument of, oh, Bryce Young's played with all the talent for Alabama. Look at the last three Alabama quarterbacks. Taylor Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, and Matt Jones. Tua is undefeated this year when he finishes a game. Jalen Hurts is undefeated this year. Yeah, Matt yeah, Jones is yeah, gone yeah. with a defensive coordinator calling his offensive plays, but made the Pro Bowl and playoffs last year with better quarterback play than we've seen from any Panther in the past five years. 
I mean, like, look what happens when you get these, get these guys actual competent pro-level players around them. He talks about the talent they had in college. Well, when, you, when you're a pro-level player playing with other pro-level players in college, then you go to the pros, get other pro-level players around you, guess what? You play like a fucking pro. Like, these guys played an offense, NFL so is that not true for Matt systems with Bill O'Brien. So guess what? They're more pro ready. Unlike Matt Jones, or Matt Corral, should I say. Matt Corral oh, played in a please. very, very simplistic team in offense over at Ole Miss. He's very uneducated IQ-wise in terms of what reads he needs to make, what actual decision-making he needs to do. When he's played against higher-ranked talent, he's west of bed every time in college. Then he has poor decision-making by playing in the bowl game. Gets hurt. Gets hurt again in the preseason when he has another opportunity. So now he's fucking injury-prone. And Cody Lack wants to put the whole franchise's face into him. That's crazy to me because he's like, oh, he's got a rocket arm. Uh, um, he's got a part here. He's got a little bit more to say before you respond. I have no idea where it cut off last time, so I'm just going to keep going. Um, I know he doesn't like Tua because he just keeps saying, oh, he's starting to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle all the damn time. But newsflash, like, if you look around the league, Jalen has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith. He's been the best offensive play caller. Like, Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs and plenty of other weapons. I mean, like, we've had time and time again in recent memory that shows us you need an elite supporting cast to get the job done. The back-to-back MVP is nowhere to be found after losing the best wide receiver in Devontae Adams. So it just doesn't make sense to me how he'll continue to downplay these Alabama quarterbacks that are in the NFL for for Matt Corral. Like, it, it blows my mind. And my other point was, does he really think Brian Burns is going to re-sign if the franchise goes up to him and says, yup, guess what? We're going with Matt Corral. He's our future. He's our plan. Dude, all Brian this Burns is going to laugh and say you guys should have traded him. That's like, it blows my mind. Like, the shit Cody, like, really believes in when it comes to Matt Corral. Like, everything actually says no about Matt Corral, and Cody just tears his shirt from his chest and says, yeah. And it's so stupid. Also, he says CJ Stroud and Bryce Young were pure pocket passers. That's, that's a fucking lie. He has pocket awareness. He has escapability. He has those kind of skills that you need at the NFL nowadays to extend plays. So and his playmaking ability is really first to none. Like, Matt Corral can't do that shit. He doesn't have to stop and go. He doesn't have none of that. He, Tell me you've never it, watched crazy how he compares the two tape. when they're not really comparable. And yeah, it just blows my mind about that. But let me hear what y'all got to say about it. Uh, Tony Dunn, you already know, uh, play that that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Cody Lack, you get the tower thing for that. And you need the ice up. Damn. All right. Thank you for your call. Yeah, first. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. Number one, 
Dude, you're so wrong on absolutely every level. Number one, let me make something clear, right? I have always said that if the Panthers are drafting top five, they're going to draft a quarterback. And I have never denied that they're going to, nor have I ever said that if they're in a position to draft a quarterback, that the Panthers in no way shouldn't do it. I understand the idea that the man has been injured and you cannot reasonably rely on someone who has been proven to be injured to start. What I am saying is from a talent level perspective, yes, Matt Corral is a physically better prospect than Bryce Young. And that's not to say that Bryce Young is a bad football player. Bryce Young has incredible pocket awareness. He understands where the pressure is coming from. And he's a really good point guard. He can put the ball in receivers' hands. But the fact that you're saying that uh, that they're not comparable when it comes to like physical traits, Matt Corral had 11 rushing touchdowns and over 500 rushing yards his final season at Ole Miss. And then, by the way, you talk about talent level and that when you put talented players around your quarterback, then that's when they start to thrive. Okay, so our offensive line is putting up beast mode numbers right now. DJ Moore is a number one wide receiver. Terrace Marshall is starting to come on. And Matt Corral has been in the offense learning the playbook for a year. And you've already written him up as a bust? What are you even talking about, dude? I can say the same thing. If you put Matt Corral, and if he has some time to stay healthy with the proper protection around him, there... I can easily say that Matt Corral could have every bit of talent in this offense that any other quarterback that you're going to draft this year could have. Now, I'm not saying Matt Corral is a perfect prospect, but what you're doing is making a lazy assumption and saying, oh, he fell to the third round, therefore he's not a good player and he has no talent, and there's a reason they dropped to the third round, and thereby completely bypassing all of the actual reasons that Matt Corral did fall to the third round. One, that injury played a major part of it. And then uh, number two, I mean, really, the, the main factor was the injury. That's really what bumped him down a lot at the end of the year. And Matt Corral did not have the talent at Ole Miss that C.J. Stroud has at Ohio State or that uh, uh, Bryce Young had. Uh, during his Heisman campaign last year with Alabama. My final point is that Bryce Young this year is on pace to have slightly worse numbers by the end of the year than Matt Corral had in his final season at Old Miss. I am not telling you that Bryce Young is a bad player at all. In fact, there are some things that he does do better than Matt Corral. But to come up here and say that there is some night and day difference between the two of them, you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. One thing about uh, Matt Corral that I found interesting as we were getting to know him a little bit more as he was drafted by the Panthers, he talked about how he, if he went back and redid things, he might have gone to a, a bigger, more talented school and risk the competition. I think what he went to, he he said he felt like he played it safe by going to a place where they're going to give him the starting job. 
And if he could have walked into, I mean, if you think about some of these guys, like a Joe Burrow who was bounced around and wasn't necessarily the starter, Justin Fields was with Georgia, right? Yeah, he was with Georgia. You know, and, and then, so uh, the, the uncertainty for some of those players as they go into some of these places and they're being promised everything by these recruiters, you know, right. I think he mentioned that is like his stock could have been higher potentially had he had been a little bit riskier in his right. um but in also his, the school he chose. Uh, also a more consistent football team. He had coaching changes, there were quarterback changes, like there, uh, there was a lot of movement. Did he play parts. under Mike Leach? Is that who he played under? No. So he played under Lane Kiffin at the very end. Oh well like, that yeah, no but, wonder but, he was good. Right, but he played um in a different and by the way, he mentioned the offense at Alabama. Lane Kiffin was part of the reason that Alabama has the offense that it does now. These heavy RPO systems. So even still, like Alabama is still doing some of those things. So to say that uh, that Matt Corral was in some offense that just does not translate to the NFL, that's just bunk. If anything, the NFL is moving even more in that direction. Well, we don't really know. There's a lot of, first of all, it's all these players. There's so much uncertainty with them in general. So, uh, look, as you've been high on Corral, you were before he was drafted. Um, I just and, wanted to have a chance, you know, like to, to give him an actual chance to compete for the job. I don't want anything gifted to him. Uh, I just think that there should be an actual quarterback competition. That's what I would like. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. What's up, guys? It's Chase. I got a conspiracy theory for this upcoming uh, game for you. So, P.J. Walker was not able to lean on the run game against Cincinnati that first half, and we've seen what we got. And uh, and we're probably not going to be able to run up, uh, lean on the run game against the uh, Ravens this Sunday. So nobody heard of anything about P.J. Walker getting injured Thursday night until last night uh, or yesterday on Monday. So Steve Wilkes has tied his uh, horse to uh, P.J. Walker, it seems. So is this, quote, injury, a real injury, or is it Steve Wilkes trying to play face and not play P.J. Walker, knowing he's going to look like he did the first half against Cincinnati when he couldn't lean on the run game and throw uh, Baker under the bus. And uh, I, I think there might be a good chance we see Sam Darnold the second half. Interesting Sunday. call, man. We appreciate it. Uh, I guess there are some qu- – look, is one is uh, the first thing is that uh, he is dealing with an injury, right, which the third high ankle sprain. So the injury is, seems legitimate. The second thing, though, is is that Wilkes did make a gutsy move and go back to P.J. after P.J. Yeah. had a 0.0 uh, yeah. passer rating and Baker had arguably his best half as a Carolina Panther – so I don't know is if anything is that like he said at the end is we could see potentially some Sam Darnold is I'm actually I mean it's just kind of wild that Baker's back in the first place. I want right. to go and mention our patron Saints comment. He said I lied to have one more thing to say. 
first, Michael, you don't have to uh, donate $35 to say something. You got like an open mic for like as long as we live at this point, but we appreciate the support. And he's so smart. Uh, Obviously, he knows uh, enough about money and math more than I do. He says this, I lied. I have one other thing to say. Where's Tony's blue check? I follow him on Twitter. That was the deal. Perhaps I should just get on the verify Cody bandwagon. Number one, Michael, is have I followed you back is my first question because I definitely will. Second, um, you know, I've kind of been I was anti blue check for when it existed before the Elon Musk thing, because one, you ha- I used to keep the C3 logo up and you had to have a real face up there to get the verify. And then there were some other things and it felt like it was so patrician and I'm a plebeian. But then CK got the blue check and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I go, to, I go to do it. And you know what? You, you can't couldn't do it. Do right it. Now. No. Well, no, that was the case. But I tried to do it before they took it back. It wasn't available to Android users. Yeah, you have to do it on Apple. Well, <laughs> I don't have an Apple. <laughs> told you I, was a, I told you I was a plebe. Yeah. I'm a green boxer. Isn't yeah. that what the, did you see, did I tell you guys this about this TikTok us where these guys that this like goes around and talks to girls on the beach and they ask them something different. Thing. He said this, <laughs> he said, say a guy's a seven. What color, do, if I text you CK, what color does it come up? Blue. Is that like bad? It's like, what no. are your, no, what is the one? Is that Android? You, oh, okay. Who's got an iPhone in this house? Nobody. Oh are we all Android users? Oh, we're a bunch of plebeians over here. We man. are. Someone tell us what the color. I think it's a green box. Yeah, is that yeah, your? If you're if you're on I, if you're on iPhone, other iPhone users appear as blue. If yeah, you get a what? text from an Android user, it appears green. Guess what, guys? What? When we get a text from an iPhone user, it appears green for us. But when we get oh. a text from Android users, it appears blue. So maybe iPhone users look like they're the fools at this point in time. Wow. Wow. You know what? I never had noticed uh, the difference. You know, I didn't pay, but uh, they asked this girl once they said, say a guy's a seven and sends you a text and the text comes in green. She goes total four. <laughs> she, said, she said, get an adult phone is what Apple, she said. Apple is so genius in how they've made Android users like the others. Like, oh, dude, if, if you're like, if you're not a part of our club, we're gonna let people know that you're not. Well, a part it sounds of like our Android's turning it club. back on them, according to CK. Yeah, My thing is this: like- is that I will fully endorse Apple products. Like, is I, I I've never owned any. My kids, my son wants like all of these things. They work incredibly well. They have seamless integration. Mm-hmm. Um. Somebody would tell me this. Somebody told me, well, your, your laptop's going to last like forever. And it's true. But here's the thing I got with it. Number one is that once you get into the the Apple universe, you go, oh, everybody I know is one more Apple thing, one more mm-hmm. app, and they just get sucked into iTunes, and it's just this money pit of stuff. The second thing is the products, they do work fantastically well. They are mm-hmm. remarkably well built. They are stable as all get out. They don't roll out crap like Android. That's just bizarre at times, but they're expensive as shit. Yeah. I'm cheap as shit. And the third point is this. I don't want a laptop that's 12 years old. I don't care if it right. works or not. Is that I would rather pay 400 bucks, get 
four years out of this laptop and then pay another 400 bucks and get a laptop that's 10 times better than that 401 and instead and you know of having funny, a funny? macbook that's from 2008 the funny thing about your argument even with that is iphone users used as an as an argument but if you're an apple person nine times out of ten you're replacing your computer your ipad your phone every year every two years even though you don't have to just because right. of that exact reason so you're spending more money for a for a device that does work well i'll be the first to say it i've worked in the uh, cellular cells industry i will be the first to tell you i by far had more issues with iphones than i ever did with android or any of those other phones uh, mainly because iPhone would roll out uh, these updates every so long, new iOS updates. And I cannot tell you how many people lost everything on their phones and had to restore it from the cloud, and it took forever. Mm -hmm. um, so it happened so often. They also got um, sued for that because what they were doing is making these updates so it antiquated your own old sure. phone, and then the battery life would die. Right. They so are colluding. Buy a new one. Yeah um Look, they are brilliant though i just don't want to yeah. do this it's like i don't want to get an iphone and then now have to get an apple computer right. an ipad yeah. mm -hmm. earbuds that are an operating it's system a cult. Yeah. it's an absolute cult. Look, it is look i i have i have a samsung phone i have a samsung watch and i have samsung earbuds and just like apple products all my stuff works great together and talks to each other and does all that great stuff and guess what anything i need to talk with on my computer is on my Google account anyway, which is on my computer. Yeah, I so, do roll I mean, with Google, maybe, but they are schizophrenic. Maybe maybe this is the uh, the the podcast we do for the uh, off season is uh, tech tech talk. Anti Apple. <laughs> yeah. I will say this is I love Google to death. They're my one of my favorite companies of all time, but they are a schizophrenic and B ADHD. They will abandon projects. They will go back to them. I don't understand why we went Google Chat. Now messages back to Google Hangouts to Google Chat. It's just like these guys, they just throw shit at the wall, but that's kind of their style. Uh, Apple commits to their products, but I refuse to do it. And I can't do I used to say this to CK is I would ask every time I, I met somebody that had an Apple phone or whatever, and they'd be like, you're a plebe. I would say, have you ever bought an app? And I've only met like one person who had an Apple that said no. They are good at sucking money at you. Android, I'm like this, man. I roll free, baby. I'm rolling free. I ain't paid for an app. I I think I bought one app. It was an Adobe app recently. 252-228-5098. I rock the Google Pixel right now, guys. Uh, next call. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? The G Cavassier. Hey, man, we got them Ravens this Sunday, man. We got the damn Ravens. Who's going to win? Hopefully the Panthers. Y'all seen the shit? Not seen the shit, man. How in the hell did PJ get hurt in the last game? Now he has a high ankle sprain, and here comes Baker Mayfield. And the thing is, I'm not really trying to fall for it, because I don't really think that PJ is hurt. I believe the training staff is just like, hey, Baker faced Baltimore numerous times, and da-da this and da-da that. He knows the defense, this and that. Hey, man, I know the, the offensive line has improved. You know what I'm saying? And I know Baker wants to play. You saw him headbutting people without his helmet on. Fucking idiot, you know what I'm saying? But besides that, give me your takes on that. Am I wrong for saying that shit that I'm not buying that PJ is hurt? And I think this is like a David Tepper fucking move to put Baker in. 
You know, deck second call, y'all. Second call. A lot of people. A lot of people. Hey, we need to do a segment, Greg's Conspiracy Corner. We were talking about this at a time, getting the tinfoil hat out. Hey, look, a lot of people have been have been thinking this because Steve Wilkes said in his press conference, you know, all the guys want to go out there and start and play. And that maybe says to me that maybe they went to PJ and said, hey, we're going to go with Baker because you're injured. And maybe he didn't think that he was hurt enough to uh, not play this game. I was watching Pat Coltrane. Shout out to Pat. He was joking like he accidentally ran into the door, like barely hurt himself. And it was like, are you all right? Oh, we might need to get you checked out. Like, are are you That's what happened to Darnold last year. I'm pretty sure they found an injury on Darnold. They're like, go find an injury. Did you see the picture, though, of when PJ got hurt? Joe Person tweeted it out, and he got high load. He gets crumpled by three people. It's almost like you don't even know what you're looking at. The ball is over there. He's all folded like a pretzel. And, and, and honestly, people are going like that one. When you look at that picture, you're wondering is, are they not hitting him low right there? Like, it looks like they were in the pocket going under, going at his legs. And that didn't get called. I mean, that's not the end of the world. We won that game. But, uh, you know, I, I we <laughs> the refs have been horrendous this year. And, uh, yeah. and last night was a absolute travesty. I was rooting for the 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 Commanders to win that game, uh, and I'm glad know. some of those things went. No, J- Tony, did you watch that game last night? I saw. Are oh, there's two calls? I hope you're talking about. One's the face mask in the replay, and the other. You are you upset that the are you upset that the Eagles got flagged for touching Heineke? Because I don't think. I mean, I'm all right. Okay, I didn't think yeah, that was. A, I mean, it sucks. But yeah. this NFL, you're supposed to just like, you can't. You know, with the, so I. Right. What did you? No, I did watch parts of it. Yes, the the like that one where it was the AJ where it was the uh, the face mask on uh, on Brown and uh, and he lost that fumble and that went the other I think way. That was right? on. I think that was Goddard. That was actually. The... Oh yeah, it was Goddard. You're right. You're right. It was Goddard. Um and uh, and and that he got hurt as well in that in that uh, transaction. So that part was a major miss. Major miss. Like, and I know he might not have seen it. But I I saw them make horrendous pass interference calls. Uh, it was just it was not a great game uh, for the refs, and it's not been a great week for the refs or a great year for the refs uh, so far this year. There have been so many years, so many games that have been decided by the damn refs, dude. So many games have come down to a, a call that the refs make that have made that decision so much easier for the other team. Um, and I'll not even talking about our Browns game. I'll take that out of the equation. Let's talk about, uh, the, the ref throwing the flag on one of the, on, uh, Chris Jones for the chiefs for saying expletive to, to Matt Ryan. And that, that gave them a first down and they drove down and won the game against the chiefs. Did they call him a cracker? So how about did you know that Matt Ryan had a 42 yard rush in that game? Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's insane, man. The how about this is the Raiders? What a fucking shit show they are. And by the way, did you know that one time I was suspended for a whole day on Twitter for calling somebody a cracker? Oh, really? Yeah, dude. That's pretty like, wild. Uh, hey, am I not allowed to say that word? Like, 
cracker. Come on, dude. Be care- well, you know never- what? I know. Hey. That's a question is that you are a cracker. So- oh, dude, I'm a big time cracker. Hey, by, by the- what kind of pussy gets offended at the word cracker? Like, come on. Like, no one. It- and, you know, actually time. here, uh, total side note on this. Do you know where it comes from? I always just, I never thought about this. I just assumed cracker was like saltine white cracker. That's what I thought growing up too, yeah. It's a whip cracker. I, I think I know. It's a whip actually, cracker. It's, it's a, a slave driver. I heard that that was. I, I heard yeah, that but... that was made up though. Like I, I've heard okay. that. Let's not fa- yeah that fact that check it. True. Uh, the, know, yeah, who cares? Is uh, if you guys want to go watch something crazy? Go watch uh, J- Chappelle's monologue. I heard about oh, that. Oh, dude, it's yeah. pretty I, funny. I it's pretty it. funny. It was like fifteen minutes, wasn't it? Kyrie, he said this. He said, Kanye. Got in so much trouble, he got Kyrie in trouble. <laughs> uh, the number's 252-228-5098. Uh, come on, where are you going? What's going on, C3 Nation? It's your boy, Jay Anderson, hitting y'all up. Um, I got a quick... Well, I'll, I don't want to talk about the whole Baltimore game because I think that's going to be blood and guts. I ain't care if they can make a deal is starting that quarterback and you know the Ravens. It's whatever. Um, but I know it's far, you know, I know the draft is far, but what y'all, I want y'all to think about two things. Um, what if somehow we get a coach that don't mind bringing Cam back and Cam accepts it? We signed him for like two or three years. I know everybody's done with the whole Cam thing, you know, and say let Cam, let Cam be who he is, but we got a good office line. Hopefully, we can build that up more. We got some nice weapons. Hopefully, we can build up more um more on our defense. Get a nice, get a good tight end and stuff like that in the draft. Well, what did you think if we get Cam back and we drafted Anthony Richardson, Richardson, having him set, having him um sit for like for like two years while Cam do his thing, and then we get the um we get the ball to him. Also, this is the um what seven years ago, Carolina on um, 2015 Carolina Panthers beat the Tennessee Titans. What was y'all? You know what was y'all? You know what would y'all think about that that lady that wrote that letter? Rosemary somebody <laughs> wrote that letter against Cam because he was dabbing in front of his <laughs> in front of his daughter and making the Titans player upset. All right, y'all. Follow. <laughs> Dude, that was. That was one of the best parts of that 2015 season, man. Uh, the the mom that was telling her daughter not to look at Cam Newton dancing, but instead look at the cheerleaders. Crazy to me. Um, and, but I, I will say this, and everybody knows I'm the Matt Corral fan. I'm the guy that wants Matt Corral to be on the team. I have no problem with the competition between him and Anthony Richardson. Because right. Anthony Richardson, you could probably take in the second round. I mean, granted, I don't know. It depends on how he finishes the season. But everybody's talking about Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, as being the guy with all the physical talent and the upside and can do it all. To me, Anthony Richardson has just as much physical upside and talent uh, as Will Levis does. So if you could pick him up later and you had a genuine quarterback battle between Anthony Richardson and Matt Corral, I think that could bring the best out of everyone. 
I, I can't argue with you on that. The only thing I could disagree with is the bringing the Cam Newton thing back in. You know, yeah, Cam, like, like Cam's done. Yeah, like like I love Cam. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my all time favorite players. Yeah. But I think we've said it before. I'm just ready to be done with the Cam thing, and I honestly don't yeah. think it'd be a good thing for Cam or the team. No. To be truly honest with you, don't give me two more years of an older Cam out of his prime. I'm interested yeah. if Cam wants to play football anymore. I don't um, think he does. He does. Yeah. And he's done, yeah. The other is though is that I'm will his. I think yeah. he needs to come back, not for us, but I just wonder: does his star power reign without football? I don't know if he had a long enough, impactful enough career, career to be. Uh, become mm -hmm. a pop, a lasting icon outside of sports at this point. Have you watched his podcast? I haven't. I've watched, you know, since you know, it. you know, but that since yeah. he's like gotten away from our universe. Um, and so those are the questions for me is like, I just, I just wanted Cam to be so successful. I still want him to be successful. I'll be, but I am kind of tired. I'm just fatigued. I'm fatigued right. by the cam discussion of this is every time someone makes a bad play. The the one about this is the Mariota. Everybody's putting up the Mariota throw. Remember when he threw it like and he was falling down, he just like threw it over his head. Yeah. And they're like, you can't tell me that there's 32. I'm just like, man, I'm just over it. Uh, also, it's, it's, it's traumatic for us. It yes. brings back traumatic. Right. We get PTSD, bro. Like, I mean, I know me and Tony can attest to this. Like, you know, from 2017 up until, what, his last year, and I, I guess it was 2019, like, we always had this feel like, oh, okay, this is the year. Yep. We're going to get we're gonna yep. get back to old Cam. And we we're not even ourselves. old Cam, just Cam, that the new iteration the of new Cam. Cam. Right, the next iteration of him. And we hoped for it. We hoped for it. And even though it was almost there, something wrong happened at every single turn that prevented it from happening. It's it's like, well, why do we want to get our hopes up for this again? And he's even older, and he's even further removed from football. It, it's just, look, if you love them, let them go. Yeah, there's two things I'll say about Cam last. is One is that kind of, like you said, that continued you know, fatigue. Um, me having to, I told you I didn't want Cam to come back the year he did to Carolina when Matt Rule brought him back in the first place. What was that last year? Oh God, it was last year. It feels like two, 10 years ago, almost that Cardinal. I didn't want him to come back. Not because I didn't want Cam. I just didn't want him to enter into that situation, but you guys don't even know. I mean, cause we weren't really, we weren't tight when, you know, Cam was coming up. Um, I used to say this. I used to pull. I used to say this is I got to pull out my sharpen my Twitter sword and go to war for mm -hmm. Cam. I felt like for five years, and I'm talking 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, like I would get on Twitter and fight for Cam in his honor. And you know, I'm a Cam sexual. It went from Derek, whatever, David, whatever, Derek Anderson how he was better. There was always the what became known as the Ford F-150 crowd. Even when Cam was good, there was we were fighting for him. We were fighting for his recognition. We were fighting yeah. for this and this. And then it moved to the fight for, hey, look, don't overshit on Cam, this and that. And I don't really know what – it just sucks this. Is it kind of 
it kind of gives you a clap. Or you clap for Barry Sanders. I know Barry Sanders. It, Barry Sanders is even before my t- like. I mean, 1999, I think, was his last season. So I'm really just getting into the NFL and to, you know, like, but I know who Barry is. I've seen some of Barry Sanderson retired and he had 1500 yards rushing his final season. Like he, you know what I'm saying? And he like went out on the top. It just sucks when you see a guy struggle who you thought was, you know, how many times we say the word generational talent. I thought Cam was it. I thought Cam was going to be a quarterback that was going to play to his 36. I just said, I always said this. I was like, Cam's just got to evolve. You know, you can play like, and that's what Lamar is going to have to do. These players, just because they are, they have these attributes to their game, doesn't mean they can't play long careers. They just are going to have to learn how to play differently as they progress. And that's okay. And I just sucked. I thought Cam was going to be able to do it. It also thought I also thought we'd be back in the super uh, back in the Super Bowl closer it's the playoffs and it shows you how fleeting these moments are so enjoy them folks enjoy them when they're here because we thought in 2015 we were close yeah. we'll be back soon and man it's a long 2015's getting a long way in the rearview mirror let's go to the next call hey say you think again so we have another quarterback go down and Baker Mayfield back to starting. I wonder if he's learned anything. We will see. I'm not so sure. The Ravens game is going to be tough. I'm not optimistic at all, but I am looking forward to seeing what will happen. What will this defense do with Lamar? I want to hear what you guys think and, um, See on podcast. Keep pounding. Um, I love Lamar, and he's going to smoke us. Yeah, it, it's kind of unquestionable what he's going to do. I guess, like we said before, the closest thing we can think of is, is Kyler Murray, and we did a pretty good job containing him until the fourth quarter, until towards the end of the game when we were just gassed. But I don't think there's anything you can compare to him. Like I said, watching him play, is, it's like I said, it's watching Michael Vick in prime on Madden. It just, it's a kind of a cheat code. That's what I wrote. Did, did, did you see that? I, 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 uh, when I was watching Lamar play last week, I wrote, this guy's playing on cheat code. And um, the other is, imagine if you would put talent around this fucker. It would be unfair to everybody. Like, I mean, I mean this guy's doing talent. this by himself, dude. Name, name, name one player on his team that's an offensive player who is not a tight end. Okay. I would have said uh, J.K. Dobbins, but he's been hurt. So. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, he's has he have before, he's been hurt Brown or something like that. They have Deshaun Jackson. Hey, Deshaun Jackson is like fifty years old at this point. I wanted Deshaun Jackson in twenty fourteen to be a Carolina Panther. You didn't ask me to. You didn't ask me to 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 name a good player. You said name any other player. Hey, real quick, shout out to John K. Cobrera for the five dollar love bomb. Says, what's up, homies? Good content as always. Appreciate you, brother John. Um, can I can I say this? The one thing you've got to keep in mind with this Lamar Jackson thing, though, you might not be able to name anybody, but they have the best offensive line in the entirety of football right now. Do they? God, yeah. 
Who like uh, I don't know. I mean, I always. They're the, rated the, like I'm asking the honestly because uh, you know we used to say Dallas had a great line. Now, like it's almost like those conversations enter our dialogue. And I'm using I'm using a lot of references. I've watched the games, but I'm using a lot of the references from the PFF. Right. Um, and if you look at the chart that we have been passing along as Panthers fans to talk about how good the Panthers offensive line looks like, there's nobody even close to the rating that they're giving the Baltimore Ravens right now. Well, I mean, they're running the ball like 160 yards with nobody. That's, I mean, it's just Lamar. They're doing everything. I agree with you. And what's wild about that too, CK, is you're talking about a line where they let Bozeman walk last year, who was a starter. Uh, and on top of that, Cody, who's that guy that went to Kansas City that left where he was a right tackle, Orlando? Orlando Brown. Brown, something yeah. like that. But I mean, these Orlando guys let Brown. guys go, and they're yeah. still good. Like how? Oh, and they do Bradley have the best Bozeman. offensive. That's what I just said. I just said that. And they also have the best offensive weapon in the history of football. That's the thing. Having the quarterback also no. helped that stat because he – Justin look, Tucker. It, it, Oh, just tuck. <laughs> well, but but if you have that quarterback, it does help that stat because that stat, while it may be mostly true, is slightly skewed. Because think about it: if Lamar Jackson's in the backfield and he gets away from what would be a normal sack, then the offensive line still gets credit for not allowing a sack. You know, but they I, they, they I don't. Mean, so with PFF, they make it. A, they make it a pressure. Or, they, yeah, they get but, pressure, but PFF will basically use it off of win rate. Um, okay. and, and so right now they're, they're blocking tight, they're blocking, their pass blocking is by far the best in the entire league. Okay. Um, no. and, and that's basing, they, they take all of that into account. Like okay. if pressures are being allowed, if, if they're allowing pressures on 70% of the dropbacks, that is a very bad offensive line. And so okay. they'll take that into account with that. And there's one misnomer and misconception about Lamar is that all he does is run. Uh, like he can kill you on the ground. Dude like he a, can rip off a 42 yard run in a heartbeat, but this dude has, true. A, he has gotten so much better as a passer from year to yes. year to year. He has a cannon. He has a quick release. He makes things look easy. He's doing those sidearm throws and finding these lanes. I think I'm telling you right now, if I could draft, if I had my pick of the litter out of any quarterback in this league, I think it's Lamar Jackson. I think I pick him over Josh Allen. I know that you guys like him. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not trying to take away from Josh Allen. He's incredible. And I think this kind of bogus argument is inf is infiltrating Josh Allen right now that he's, you know, he's had bad games now and stuff like this. Is like the people who are referencing these turnovers that Josh Allen has had are also, like, not looking at the incredible plays he made to put them in these uh, these situations to win. But I'm right now, I'm thinking this is like if I'm drafting a player right out the gate as my quarterback, it's Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen are my three. And I don't know. Is there anybody? Oh, I mean, I guess you could, you could say Justin Herbert, but I don't even know. I think that Lamar Jackson's had the MVP. I'm taking I'm, I want Lamar right now. That's what I want. I told you, Lamar, Greg Roman, let's make it happen. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's Joey, a.k.a. the growl that makes him howl. You know who the fuck it is, and you know who the fuck it ain't. Boyka, boyka, boyka! Yo, I'm going to that Ravens game in Baltimore. 
in the bitter ass cold. Luckily, it's not going to be raining. Calling for sun. I I can't remember. It alternates between mostly cloudy and sunny. Either way, it's going to be dry and lower 40s. It's going to be cold as fuck. But they're going to be crab cakes. And there's going to be beer that doesn't cost 13 fucking dollars. There's uh, going to be uh, Lamar Jackson, who's going to give us a lot of problems. But there's also going to be Bradley Bozeman, who used to... Uh, protect Lamar Jackson, and now is going to be protecting Baker Mayfield, who used to be on the team they used to play against Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, it's a uh, Bradley Bozeman revenge game. Should be a fun game. Do I think we'll win? Eh, probably not. The Panthers have yet to beat a non-NFC South team and have yet to put have yet to win back-to-back games this season. We have not won back-to-back games since week, uh, the early part of last year since when we had those 2017, probably. <laughs> uh, probably. I think, That's yeah, we have not won back, we have not won back to back games this season. And, uh, I think, can we win this game? Yes. It's gonna be difficult. We're gonna have to play our asses off. We're probably going to use lose some players due to injury because, like, you know, when they play their hearts out, usually that's when we lose them to injury. The only difference is they have, uh, I do believe that M&T Bank Stadium does have real grass, which is good. But, um, yeah, if we can win this game. It's going to be very hard. We'll probably not going to win this game. We'll probably, you know, but I don't think we'll go, go get beat like we did against the Bengals. Now watch us go get beat like we did against the Bengals because I said I don't think we would. And the uh, last thing before I do what y'all like me to do, you know DJ Moore was the only motherfucker that won the bug when he played under Matt Rule, Tony. You know that. Everybody else we're talking about were bums when they played under Matt Rule. Except DJ Moore. Him and Christian McCaffrey were the only players we had that were actually worth the shit when Matt Rule was here. Him, them, Frankie Lubu. Anyway, guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. He called back. All right, first, before you do your thing, Tony, you guys forget that we won three in a row last year at the very beginning of the season. So, Oh, that's right. Good call. Yeah. Good call. I should have remembered that. You're right. That was uh, on top of that. Don't forget my friend, our, our, our love, my love of life right now, daily fantasy football or daily fantasy sports prize picks promo code C3 tonight, baby, Tony. Dropped a 10 spot on Kevin Durant, Taco Tuesday, Harrison Barnes on points, rebounds, assists. Harrison Barnes got the over or the more than in the first half. Kevin Durant just got it. My $10 just turned into 30. And guess what? Now my prize pick for Sunday is freebie house money. Prize picks. Promo code C3. They didn't pay for that read. That's just free stuff that I'm giving you. Hell, that's it. Next call. 
What's going on, C3 family? This is D Sanford, North Carolina. I can't say that I'm highly enthused that Batty Ball Baker, Headbutt Helmet Baker is back, but I'm always <laughs> going to root for my team and whoever a member of the team is. Outside of that, give me the grass back. I'm tired of these hot ankle sprains. And y'all might find me crazy. You might call me crazy. But I think we got a better chance of beating Baltimore this, this year than people give us credit for. Yes, Lamar is awesome. But let's be quite honest. Offensively, the weapons around him are not. If somehow we can bracket Mark Andrews and limit some of the running plays, don't turn over the ball. Big key thing is don't turn over the ball. We should be in a position to win that game. Steve Wilkes is familiar with the Ravens' defense. Baker is familiar. I don't know how much that goes for as far as Baker, but we just got to play physical, smash mouth, keep pounding football, wrap up, tackle, get the guys to the ground. Cody, C3 family, we love you. I'm out. Uh, Appreciate love the, you, brother. Love yeah. the enthusiasm. We go from concussion protocol, Baker. Baker, can he can he bake us a win? And really, is this Ravens game that far out of hand? I'm going to say yes. I need more before I start falling in love with this team. When do you, uh, interesting question would be, is when do you rejuvenate, rekindle your enthusiasm? You know, after that Bengals one, it sucked the life out of us. But then you get that Falcons one, kind of like bittersweet because Tankathon kind of hurts the Tankathon, but probably weren't going to win the Tankathon anyway at this rate with the Raiders hanging around and and the Texans hanging around. The Bucks win. That kind of stinks. You know, what is it? Do you, you win this game? Boy, you win this game and you say, man, Denver's a vulnerable team. It's yeah. at home. I think if you win this game, all of a sudden we're going to start being like, uh-oh. Yeah, and, and but the only reason I'm not higher is because of Baker. Like, if I'm just being real, like, I've seen Baker shit the bed so many times now. And you all know since before the season, I've never been a fan of Baker. Now, I'm going to pull for him. Like, I, I'm, everything remains the same to me. I want the Panthers to make the playoffs. Now, whether or not they will, that's a whole other different thing. Isn't but this I, the type of game that Baker comes out and blows out, blows it out of the water though? Like, maybe, isn't maybe so? Isn't this that type? Like, it's we we're overdue for Baker to have a complete game, right? We I haven't agree. had it yet. We are overdue. He has never had a stretch stretch like he's had now. Like, it's possible to say that this guy could come in here and just blow it out of the water. I'm not gonna again. It's fool's gold. Do not buy sure, it. Sure. If it happens, do not buy it. Because we've all we it just the consistency has not been there. Uh, I, I'll give him the same benefit that I gave him uh, on the opposite side of it. I'll give him three games. If he comes in, blows out of the water, he gets the benefit of a start for the next three games. If he does the same thing over three games, I'll start to believe in Baker again. Until that happens, he's he's sure. lost my. Or support. maybe like we don't have to believe in him. We just don't have to disbelieve after that point. You know, sure. like you go from this is fool's gold this week to huh. Is this uh is this gold plate? What do they call it? you know when you buy the the cheap jewelry that yeah gold your, plated yeah that would uh, be if we win against the Broncos. But he pulls a third win out. You're going man, maybe this is um a little maybe there is you're starting to bite on the nugget to see if it is real gold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it takes us from being a uh, him being a 
just a quarter, like a, a quarterback, like an NFL quarterback if he's the next three games, but he's not our quarterback type deal. You know what I mean? If he, if he can play well. Right now, he's not even a quarterback in the NFL. But if he can play the next few games pretty well, he might be still be a quarterback, just not our guy. Right. Uh, I want to shout this out. I don't do this enough. I want to shout out uh, Chad Howe. I think he was here earlier in the chat. Dang it. I got to message him. Uh, he uh, donated on Patreon. We don't have a oh, lot man. of donors on pa- Patreon, but uh, the ones that have the five or six or seven that I had uh, from a long time ago have stuck around for a long time. I was interested, man. If you want to see someone's Patreon account and make it, I, the Panther Nation podcast, their Patreon account cooks, bro. They're cooking. But thank you uh, for supporting us on Patreon. You can support the C3 Panthers podcast by just subbing up. Uh, hitting the thumbs up button as well as uh, considering being a C3 super fan and supporting our sponsors. Let's go to the next call. What's up, family? D from Sanford, North Carolina, again. As far as pro bowlers, if J.C. Horn can produce at least two more interceptions, I feel like he should get a strong consideration, maybe three. Brian Burns, a lock. I think Frankie Louvu should get some kind of a – Least consideration, I don't think he'll make it. Our record is just not good enough. Uh, either Icky Aquanu and Austin Corbett. That's where I'm at. Love y'all guys. Keep on. I can hear arguments for all of those. Oh, absolutely. All right. all right, here comes my bastard son rounding the night out. It's a not a two-parter. He gets cut off. So let's see what he says at the beginning and then. Yo, this is Tony's unwanted bastard child. Why Charlie Espresso? Listen, I am not worried about this game. I think. All right, that was my son. Obviously, I got him a cricket phone. His prepaid plan already ran up. Oh, hey, that's why I talk it again. Sorry, my phone hung up. Um, what was I going to say? Maybe yeah, I hung up on you, Baker. <laughs> I think he can be good in this game. If they come with the same game plan for PJ, Baker through the first games was throwing it thirty times a game. Like they refused to run the ball. They thought they had fucking Justin Herbert or, you know, Josh Allen, but he's not. The reason, you know, I was kinda not hyped, but like hopeful coming into the season with them, I thought they were gonna go with a more brown style offense. You know, with C M C and you know, form them to pound the rock, pound the rock, throw it every once in a while. That's what we need to do in this game. Baker should throw no more than 25. Should be 20, but probably 25. Most. Yeah. You know, and that's how you probably, that's how he has his best years for the Browns. That's what we should be doing. So I'm not, you know, worried about this Ravens game unless, you know, they go differently from their path and throw it 30 fucking times. Um, as far as the rest of the season goes, if he balls out and wins and gets us to the playoffs and actually win a playoff game, I have no problem getting him in another year or two in the contract if he balls out. He's got to ball out. Um, if you look at the Ravens' run defense, the running back, starting running back for those teams actually got good um, yards per carry. They did pretty well. Except for Tampa and the Saints. So, uh, yeah, just run the ball, run the ball, 
and pass every once in a while. That's my take. Cody sucks. <laughs> they say Tony or Cody. Cody doesn't matter. Oh, he's like <laughs> dad. So he was. No, he's not. So. He, he's right. We both suck equally. I think. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm great. Are you not? Oh, Chad's um, here. Yes, Chad's here. Thank you for being a patron, man. Thank you. Uh, so I just, I, I mean, and I don't, I neglect the Patreon account a lot just because it's kind of like this. Is like, again, we don't like to ask for money. It's not our thing. That's not where we came from. Uh, we do really appreciate people that do support the podcast monetarily. But we really support this as, man, like kind of a sl- sleepy week for Panthers News. We had 100 people hang out with us for three hours, over 100 people, 125. And these are low numbers these days because, you know, some of the excitement's worn off for the Panthers. I mean, these are the real sure. faithful. But um, so we don't do I never did it for the money. I would have, man, 10 years in, if I would have started this for the money, I would have given up. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, and uh, that that's just a perk of getting us some things like uh, this soundboard. Uh, some things in uh, Cody's mic. Cody's... If you guys, if you guys had an opportunity to listen to the beginning of the podcast, it if you didn't so go back sweet. and listen to it, um, we have some tech issues. We got to work out with it, but we're gonna have to look, buy him a computer next. Got to go listen to those beautiful. I don't even think it's something like that. It's just something stupid that Still, I might, I might do that really next. Fine, buy me a computer. <laughs> that's what we man. That's gonna be next. Like these are things that are gonna happen. I mean, what else? Yep. I mean, we ain't gonna pay our bills with this. Right. Well, by the way, and we, we we never ask, but it's always appreciated. And everything that you give to the C3 Panther podcast, we put it right back into growing this and continue to building Ooh. this incredible fan community that we have built, man. Speaking of a couple of things, a little housekeeping is one is don't forget is that we are going to be uh, kind of going on this charity drive over the next couple of weeks. You can find uh, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. This money is not going to come to us going to go directly to their foundation we don't want to be a middleman we don't want to be involved in any tax obligations we actually just want to try to create a tradition of 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 supporting a panther player you know like in the past like we should we could do this with greg olton's foundation next you know like the levine we can do you know we'll, we'll take suggestions next year really work on this so this is going to become a tradition so follow that away that's an opportunity for you to give to your community. The other thing that I wanted, oh, we're actually approaching 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. And yeah. YouTube, YouTube is our, our home, is no matter what, is we put this on Twitter, we put it on Facebook. I've invested a ton of time in Twitter and YouTube as like my energy. I only have so many platforms I can really commit so much energy to. I've tried to diversify as much as I can, but YouTube is our home. And we're approaching 5,000, which we thought that 4,000 was going to be, it felt like the Himalayan mountains getting, uh, it was like K climbing Pushing K2 yep. at one point. And then all of a sudden it started clicking and hitting. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this goal right here, let's get to 5,300 and we're giving away a Brian Burns jersey when we get to 5,300 subscribers, like the 53 that's where we're going next, folks. 5,053 to the moon. That's all the calls, Cody. There's only one left, last thing to do. Oh, yeah. And that's to ice some fools up. 
Well, let's do that then. I am going to go first because I don't have anything really like special or funny. I don't have a video. Um, it's just the college football playoff committee. And every year when they put out their top 25, it's like the disrespect that they have for the ACC. Right now, North Carolina, they're either 8-1 and one or 9-1. and one. I believe they're 8-1. and one. And they're ranked 13th right now. Granted, they not only are, are they only a one-loss team, but they have the potential Heisman candidate in Drake May, the quarterback uh, from North Carolina. Everybody's calling him the next Trevor Lawrence or the next Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert. Uh, he's coming out next year. A lot of people are already making Google eyes all over him. And there are so many other teams still ranked ahead of them, like uh, Utah, Penn State, Oregon. There's a few two-loss teams in there. Uh, so, and again, Clemson's only a one-loss team, and we're ranked number nine. There's like two two-loss teams ranked ahead of us. So it's just, it's so dumb, man. The disrespect that the ACC gets every single year um, to the college playoff football committee. Ice up, son. All right, all right. Um, who else? What do you guys got? Uh, you go, I'll go quick. Okay, mine's simple too. Uh, just an article, actually a story I heard earlier in Oakland, Mike Ross. Um, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. I remember the fight they had '97. Mm, Tyson doing that. That was one of my, actually my first boxing memories of seeing that. Um, they're actually teaming up together now. I don't know if y'all know, but Mike Tyson has a weed farm and he sells a lot of edibles and everything. And now him and Evander Holyfield, after 25 years together, are teaming up to sell ear-shaped edibles. Oh, okay. okay. Are you icing that up? No, well, I, I'm icing up the Money idea of ear-shaped edibles. Yeah, but I, 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 I have no problem with the idea. <laughs> you know, it's the product is named Holy Ears. Uh, uh, where's the ice up but this yeah, is just, I, I gets better it. and better <laughs> maybe it's just something this. funny then like yeah. i said i don't mind the product at all it's just it's, it's just funny that these two are together i think this bringing them together of all things but it just shows you you know the things that can do so i guess not really an ice up but more just a funny thing yeah yeah you know? this is a open so. forum for that and talk about a reclamation project on a on a um your kind of image Oh, when dude, it comes to uh, Mike Tyson, ever, it's like it might be the greatest turnaround in the history of the world. Dude, if you oh, ever yeah. listen to a Mike Tyson podcast, he's always smoking weed. He's always taking uh, he needs mushrooms. It. Dude, dude, he's always probably saved him. Dude, he's like always smoking DMT. The dude is like, he's like. And there's a, a show on Hulu man. right now, Mike. I have been thinking about checking it out. Oh, you know that he's boycotting that. Oh, really? Yeah, he doesn't. So, okay, Jamie Foxx, and they've been talking about it forever. Jamie Foxx is making a movie where he is playing Mike Tyson. And they're going to use the VFX to age him down. So that way, like, he looks... Well, they the better part. bulk his ass up, too. Oh, but yeah, he's been beefing up. But, um, yeah, he never gave Hulu the permission to make that story about him. So he was, like, telling people, nah, I... 
I have, How do you got to give somebody permission to make a story about you? I don't think I can write a biography about you. I don't need your permission to write but, but, a biography. Right, but think of it this way, though. Like if you, uh, if somebody made a show about you and they never, cons- like they made like an autobiographical movie or whatever, and they never consulted you one time on all the things that went in it from your point of view, from any of your family's point of view, like, uh, they, they, re, uh, do some research about it. Okay. There's, There's a, a Netflix has gotten some heat about why. some things like this recently yeah. too. Um, yeah. I forget who it was. Uh, so we get a little. My name is Mike. Mike Tyson. And I be busting those bitches in the face and rape it. Good God. Allegedly. That's what he did. Uh, not a, no, no. He beat his wife. Like, Dude, in the what was that? That eighty was that the late eighties or no? Maybe early nineties. Crazy back. Who then. was that girl? She, and she was crazy too. What was her name? Ava. No, no uh, was. she was a top top actress model. She was going places until they both just got wacky, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not wacky. Look, is uh, Mike Tyson's story? I love boxing. Uh, Mike Tyson, greatest uh, knockout puncher of all times. Not the greatest boxer by oh. any means. He's not yeah. a boxer. He's a One fighter. Robin Givens. Yeah, dude, she was a star, and they were the celebrity couple, man. Yeah. Um, but the thing with Mike Tyson is that old trainer he had, who was like his adopted father Custom when he was a kid. Yeah, took him in, and like ultimately was like adopted and you don't want to call him a dog i mean like as a person mike tyson but like he was a wild animal almost dude he was when he was like 12 he was knocking bitches out what they said when he was when he was like like nine or or something it was something really young where it's like he is like oh my god this guy's gonna be the heavyweight well they said when he was like 12 or 13 he was already like 5'10", 185 pounds. Yes. And, and like and, knocking yeah. adults out, dude. Yeah. The craziest inside close range game in the history of boxing. Greatest knockout fighter. Um, I got a list of guys that I love uh, in boxing. Love Floyd Mayweather. Greatest boxer. Greatest boxer I've ever seen. Not the greatest fighter, as in brawler. Greatest boxer, dude. What a counter. I love Floyd. Money Mayweather, bro. Um, who's next? CK? Uh, yeah, I got one. Um, I want to ask you, Tony, your opinion. Uh, can I play audio from, uh, like, Twitter and fr- stuff? As long as it doesn't have music in it that we're going to get dinged for copyright. No, it's not music. It's not music. Oh, yeah, as long it's as like it's like not a copyright. Clip from, it's like a clip from Good Morning Football. Uh, uh, yeah, audio is fine. Okay. So here's a clip, and this is going back to the Jeff Saturday stuff. Um, but it's just this is this absolutely hysterical. Um, this is uh, J- uh, Jason Tom or Joe Thomas, I'm sorry, uh, talking about his opinion about what this, oh, this was wild. Is. When you hire you hear that? your drinking buddy yeah. to be the head coach of an NFL football team, it is one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in my entire life to the commitment, the lifestyle, and the experience that it takes to be an NFL coach any coach much less the head coach of the indianapolis football colts you have got to be kidding me that this 
is something that Jim Ursay and Jeff Saturday, who's not blameless for accepting the job, could have talked and decided that this was the best thing for the Indianapolis Colts at this juncture of the season. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I lived right next. Um, that's really all the, the extent of this. He Basically, he goes on. He did reference a Panther, co former Panthers offensive coordinator, though. He referenced Chad, uh, Chud, Chud yeah. It Was that the coach that he was about to live? Sorry. So he, he basically talks about um, the, how much time coaches dedicate to playing or to coaching football and things like that and how it's disrespectful, utterly disrespectful, that even Jeff Saturday would accept a job and spit in the face of all these coaches who have dedicated their entire lives to being coaches, spent time away from their families and all this. Basically, Joe, Jeff Saturday is a scumbag for accepting this job. Who would want to be the head coach for the Browns, and why aren't you potentially going to be the head coach of the Browns? Well, I think this might be to maybe make a spoiler alert that I'm throwing my hat in and I'd like to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns. Hey. That was Joe Thomas on Pat McAfee talking about him wanting to be the coach of the Browns back in 2020. Oh, it wasn't even after. It was before. No, yeah. this is before by about two years prior to all of this. And how dare Joe Thomas come in here and spit in the face of NFL coaches all around the league, college coaches who have dedicated their entire lives to their fam to this football and, and completely destroyed their families because they're spending 90 hours in the film room talking about, uh, you know, football and watching film and trying to coach these guys up and being leaders of men. How dare you, Joe Thomas, want to be the coach of the Cleveland Browns back in 2020 when they were in the middle of a problematic transition to Freddie Kitchens from some things that had taken place, right? So hey, I, I'm icing up Joe Thomas first here because it's absolutely hysterical. The amount of people that have jumped on this bandwagon saying that this the Indianapolis Colts situation is, is uh, a problem um, if anything, this is going to fix a lot of issues that have happened. And I'm going to point to one reason. Okay. How, what are the, what is the ratio of white coaches to black coaches in the NFL right now? Pretty major, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if Jeff Saturday comes in here and he proves that a, a player can come in here and coach, well, guess what? Now you're opening up the option for coaches that uh, for, for players former players, be, former, former players. players to be coaches. And what guess what? The league is 85 percent. What do we know black. about former players? They are majority diverse cultures. Okay. So if you are mad about this, if this works out, you should be absolutely thrilled. Here's my other argument: the same people, and this is a, some Panthers fans who are pissed that we are get, we're putting Steve Wilkes in this situation to to fail. But you know what? We wanted the diverse candidate in the Indianapolis Colts situation. I agree. Because that's a great point, bro. Successful? What? It's, you cannot have both of these things and be true. Basically, what has happened is I'm, it's 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 diluting a real problem that exists in the world today. Yes. You are diluting the real problem. There is a real issue, and that needs to be talked about. But when you're using arguments like this to forward that argument, you are diluting the problem and making your argument feel less compassionate or less re less legitimate. Yeah. And so 
this this is one of those things where you've got to realize you're fighting for the fight of Steve Wilkes, a minor, minority candidate, is put into a bad situation and it's unfair and we can't believe that he did that. Well, first and foremost, Steve Wilkes took the job, okay? Can't take that away from him. How dare Steve Wilkes take the job to, to put minority candidates in a worse position, right? Okay, well, now we go forward and we talk about Jeff Saturday. How dare he take the position and put himself in a worse position and put the players in the future being head coaches in the NFL in a worse position? I don't know. The argument doesn't exist. It's just I'm icing up anybody who's trying to use this as a way to put their platform higher, a platform that deserves attention. You're putting things. This is going to make people stop listening to you, and you cannot do that. I'm just I'm telling you, you can't do that. You cannot afford to do that. The 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 what you're fighting for, uh, equality for for equal rights for everything. You cannot afford to let something like this be the thing that lets people ignore you. That's all I'm saying. So right. Joe, Joe Thomas, first and foremost, ice up, son. I have to say something about this. Uh, it's been on my mind. One, uh, there's so many points to go on this. Is One, it's not like uh, Jeff Saturday is uh, like a grocery store bagger or me. Right? I mean, he's a former all-pro guy who's been on Super Bowl teams, and they say the centers are the smartest guys on the field of the, in the quarterback, and he played under Peyton Manning forever. So it's not like he's like foreign to the game of football, right? The other thing is this. Now, there is a real argument that black people have to do more to get opportunity than white people. That's a real legitimate thing is like they have to show more. I mean, look at what Cam had to do, show more. But in this case, I do think is that I think Steve Wilkes took a risk in becoming the coach of the Panthers because you become the guy. Sure that's associated with loss. So, I mean, it's not like is, is that first of all, going outside the box, the real thing is this, is it's just more bizarre that they pick somebody that wasn't an internal promotion. Uh, that's like, and I won't say bizarre. I actually think it's kind of neat because I don't know if it's going to work. I don't care, but more than likely, none of these guys are going to be the coaches, right? They knew John Fox wasn't going to be the coach. They knew whatever the, 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 Bradley, somebody, something Bradley. None of these guys are good. Like, is like, then you're just, at least this makes you a talking. It brings the hometown hero. There's some different things. It would be weird if you were just like, you know what? I'm going to make Deion Sanders the coach. You don't have any connections with the Colts. It does also tell you this is relationships in the world matter. Sure. They really do. Whether or not we like it or not is the case. The fact of the matter is if you know people, it helps you get positions in this. And Jeff Saturday and Ursay are tight. So that helped him. The other thing is this. He goes and straight beats the Raiders, which I got something to say on that. But if you guys know anything about Scotty Montgomery, who was the running backs coach, who may have been considered to be an offensive coordinator, who could have been maybe this dude who could have been the interim coach, he was the former head coach of the ECU Pirates, and he ruined our fucking program. That guy sucks. I don't care, man. Anybody, the bagger from Food Line would be better than Scotty Montgomery. So Jeff Saturday, yes. And my final point that I would is I think, CK, you were the one that put this tweet on me that was said something like to the effect is, what if it turns out that this isn't as hard as we made it out to be? Well, somebody had, yeah, I had retweeted it. Somebody had said, what if we find out that uh, this isn't as hard as it like it basically being a head coach isn't as hard as it uh, as it uh, as it appears to be. 
and I said, what if it turns out that uh, the hard works that players put in to being great is greater than or equal to the experience coaches get rising the ranks? And what if just putting in your dues supposedly doesn't make you good at it is right now on the other side of the football, you got a guy who is supposed to be, who we've been told is a genius offensively. What's his name? The, we, uh, he was Broncos coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the under McDaniels, McDaniels, which the irony of this is there's so many storylines converging. Jeff Saturday told him they sucked. McDaniels left the Colts on the altar. Uh, what a, a couple of years ago, McDaniels fucking sucks, and he's been groomed and cultivated for this position the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, look, is that I don't know. Is that what is that? I kind of it's it's kind of a cool, weird, bizarre story. But um, I used to always say this with things like uh, Obama and Trump and this and that is uh, let's save our outrage for real moments. Yes. You know, is that this guy, they're still going to have to go through the interview process. But if this guy somehow saves a team that was burning by putting in Matt Ryan in the face of Ursay, who told him to bench all of this, and it would be the most wild story ever. So I don't know. Is who, like, is let's save our out. I do think you're right about this is the player coach thing. You could look at it as like this. That's a real angle that shows their success. Because look, Matt Rule, yeah, he played football for Penn State for like eight minutes. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I want Deuce Staley. That's who I like, who I think is a former player. Sure. Who's an assistant coach with the Lions and an offense. That's, I think he's a reasonable candidate right now. So you don't have to look at this as all bad. That's it. Um, my ice up pick. First, it could have just been Twitter for a billion years in so many things. Is like Elon Musk, is he just fucking with everybody? I saw one tweet that said as that Elon Musk is unblocking himself from 10,000 accounts today, which is funny. It's like he could go in, you blocked Elon Musk, you muted him from his timeline. He's like, <laughs> nope, I'm in your life. But this is my ISA pick. Let me see if I can share this right here. I know I can. This is just a bad, uh, this is, no, I was going to put the one about where he fired that guy on Twitter, on Twitter. That one has been wild. Did you see what happened with that one? Uh, no, I want you to tell me about it. Uh, this is my ice up pick though. Um, Ted Cruz is uh, like historically unpopular where he was at that Yankee, where the Yankees fans were all flicking him the bird. So somebody in the Astros World Series parade throws a beer at Ted Cruz, like a can beer. The Secret Service or his bodyguards or whatever they are uh, bat it down. And this is the guy's tweet. It's just so raw, dog. A beer? Come on, Texas. A politician rolling down the street slowly in an open top and you throw a beer? You've changed. Wow. Wow. Nothing like referencing the assassination of a president. Sure. Uh, so that is my ice up. Mm. Uh, so sometimes hired- a joke is, is like, is like, it might it's just too far. Just, yeah. it's just, I don't know if it needed to be said. Right. All the pieces um, are there, but it's not quite right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I There's- mean, more in rest in peace to sure. JFK. 
smashing ladies. Bill Clinton should not have been impeached for getting a BJ right. in the White House. Um, Ice up to those fools for making those that two, the problem. Those two Twitter employees that Elon fired, he has rehired, and he actually apologized publicly on Twitter for it. He wow. said, I, I'm a man. I, I know when I was wrong, and this is one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. Um, and so I want to apologize. And he's got a picture of the guys working back at Twitter now. All, wow. all I've got to say is wait for all the storm to settle. Elon Musk is messing with everybody's minds about a lot of things, I'm sure. And I guarantee you in six months, I'll be tweeting all of y'all about Eli. Everybody. Did you see? Is it Eli? Oh, you know, not Eli Whitney. What was the Eli Lilly? Though the, the blue check thing turned out to be a disaster. Is like so it far, ruined like the stock market. Like the Eli Lilly, mm -hmm. somebody did an Eli Lilly fake account. And put out free insulin, <laughs> like insulin's free now, and like the stock that, went down. I do have a problem with that guy on Twitter, though, is that he entered a public discourse with his boss, in like in public. I mean, but, I would say but, that like that probably isn't the best place to engage. It's but not, it was a public way. But it's a public way. But on top of that. You've got to look at it from the perspective of why Elon Musk said he bought Twitter. And he said he did it because it's imperative that free speech be reinstated. And if he fires an employee for exercising that, that is a bad fucking look. Uh, Brian J., this is the, uh, you're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast on the internet. We're in our 10th season, man. I haven't missed a Tuesday night. Rocking content four or five days a week, every day that ends with why usually. Um, this is a football podcast, but at the end of our show each week, we have uh, what we call the Ice Up segment. The Ice Up segment is our homage to Steve Smith, where he told uh, to, to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. And this is where we open up the conversation to anything is fair game in this last moment where we pick an Ice Up pick where we tell them to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. And we've iced up eight-year-olds or 12-year-olds in Oklahoma. We've iced up both political. We always – our ice-up picks are open game. They're equal opportunity haters. Majority we, of it, we're icing ourselves up. Yeah, that's it. Um, so that is the C3 Panthers podcast, guys. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night. Daniel Wilcox, former – Ravens tight end and Super Bowl champion will be joining us on the beat check Wednesday at 8 p.m. to preview the Panthers Ravens matchup. It's a must see. Also, go back and check out the debate, debate my take, where Cody Lashney is out there punching people, dropping people like Mike Tyson up in there this week. We had on Sunday, Friday free for all on Fridays. Madden simulation on Saturdays, post game on Sunday, Greg's podcast, the Super Civil Service. I mean, actually, no, rebranded to Geeks Chasing Squirrels Through the Multiverse. Friday night, right after at nine o'clock. Uh, have I missed anything? CKs always smashing the games. Congratulations on the upcoming baby. I think that's it. I think that's it. Cody Lack. Follow him at at Cody Lax, C O D Y L A C. 
Uh, I'm good at following people back on Twitter. So if you want to message me, you can absolutely do that. Uh, tomorrow, brand new comments on drafttech.com, where I am the Panthers analyst over there. So check that out. Uh, it might be a different pick than you would normally expect me to make, but hey, we got to do a bunch of them. So I figured I'd very, very the content up. And then, like my man Tony said, uh, every Friday at 7 p.m., you can be a part of the C3 Panther podcast by coming on the Friday free for all. We have a great group of guys that come over every Friday and hang out and share their Panther opinions. It is quite literally a show for Panther fans by Panther fans. And uh, yeah, come on the show and share your opinion. You see their tags, Cody. Let's go ahead and get out of here. All right. Until next time, C3 Panther Nation. Keep pounding.